Hey, I have a question for you guys. Okay. So let's just say I'm a genie, right? You're a genie. Granting three wishes and all that stuff, right? Yes. Okay. What is what is the perfect wish? You know, like what what is a foolproof wish that cannot backfire? Uh, is there one? Is it possible? It depends on how shitty the genie is. Mm. What's I mean? Are the is the yeah? Is the genie trying to undermine me, or is it? I think any any wish granter is trying to undermine you pretty much they wouldn't give you a wish if it wasn't like a comedy joke right like for example if i wished that my feet didn't hurt anymore he'd just take my feet off i'd have little stumps oh right yeah 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 so you'd have to add so much like extra legalese to it yeah, exactly. and in the end he would still find a way to screw you so yeah you'd have to do that thing you know where you where you wish for immortality but then you caveat with i wish that i also never aged and also that like i never um lost my mind and also that i was happy all the time and also that my dog <laughs> didn't die either and also like you know it's like yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you'd be like okay i wish that my feet didn't hurt anymore and that they were not destroyed and that they look ex- and function exactly as they do right now and he'd be like okay and then he would just uh take away your ability to feel your feet anymore uh, from your brain. Well, as we know, you can't wish to be the best at anything or to have the biggest anything or the most anything because he'll just take everything away from other people, right? Like, that's all, like, it'll be, that's that's the funny joke of it, right? Like, oh, I wish I had the most money in the world. Well, now no one has any money, but you have the money you had before. And it's like, oh. Well, okay. Oh. What if you wished, if you wish something innocuous, like, I wish I was really good at basketball. How would that turn out bad? Aside from the fact that they could easily interpret it as, well, you're pretty good compared to a duck. It's all relative. <laughs> I think it's on the wording, right? Like, right. if you say, I wish I was the best at basketball, there is your flaw, right? There is your fault. Yeah. If you say, I wish I was okay at basketball, I guess it's like they could be like, well, what's your what's your metric of judgment, right? Like, what's good? Yeah. I mean, I think it's actually, the, the thing is, if you at the closer that you ask... Uh, for something innocuous, the less likely it is to go terribly wrong. Like if you say, "I wish for a Snickers bar," there's not a really a whole lot that they can do with that. Uh, well, I gave you a Snickers bar filled with poison. <laughs> I know a wish that could never backfire. Mm. I know one. What's that? I wish I was recording a Goosebumps podcast with my good friends Bob and Brandon. Granted. <laughs> oh no. I'm turning into a, a fucking demon. Oh, no. Oh, I'm, ah! I'm turning into a Snickers bar. Hi, everybody. Welcome to You Can't Scare Me. I'm in a black void. I don't know where I am. Me too. Life has lost all meaning, but I'm here podcasting. You mean my wish came true? Your wish came true. You made a wish? Wow. I did. Mario, did you... Did you fucking do this? In, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. How the um, fuck? I just keep spinning. How am I supposed to? I'm in a black void. <laughs> I don't know which way is up. There's a microphone here. I just keep spinning is a good, is a good like, twist to a Goosebumps book. <laughs> this wish sucks. Uh, hi. Welcome to You Can't Scare Me. It's it's me. It's Bob. I'm here. I'm here with my good pals, Brandon. Yo. And Mario. Hi, it's me. It's Mario, the cool ghoul who's everybody's pal. Hell yeah! Hey, guess what? Guess what book we're doing? I don't. I don't know if we. Uh, I don't know if we covered this. I don't know if we insinuated what it is. You may have gathered from the yeah from the jokes. It's very possible that we're doing 
Be careful what you wish for. Goosebumps, episode 12. Here's the thing. We forgot about it, and also this book feels like an afterthought. So, uh... It really, truly does. Uh, this book feels like Arl Stein said, oh, shit, I gotta write a book this month? <laughs> I, I can't tell. Is it just me, or is this book, like, bad because it's bad, or bad because it immediately follows two bangers? No, I think it's bad. Yeah, I think it's just bad. I gotcha. mean, especially with this like this material, with the idea that you could have a be careful what you wish for story, that's rich. You could do literally anything, and uh, it is disappointing what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild how dull it is. Like, I guess you could say if your wish is for a new Goosebumps book, be careful what you uh, wish for. Oh, you. Aha. Oh. Um, Monkey's okay. paw curls a finger and you get this book. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, uh, here, I've got a monkey's paw right here. Hey, uh, monkey's paw, I want a Mario history lesson, TM. Oh. Wow. Well, the monkey's paw did indeed curl because I am here to give you history. And boy, let me tell you, it was fucking bad in October of 93. October 93 is like bereft of anything. <laughs> uh, by the way, this is history as it uh, concerns exclusively movies, TV, and video games. The only thing that actually mattered uh, in the big, big book we call history. Okay. Um, but books are not included. We're not talking about books. So, like, just don't fucking... I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> anyway, movies. In October 1993. That's the month we're in when this book came out. Th- also, yeah, this is the Goosebumps book released in October. Yeah. What a bummer. What a fucking joke. Like, come on, man. Ridiculous. Uh, okay. Movies. October 93. There are three movies that mattered this month. Are you ready for them? Ready. Cool Runnings. <gasps> okay. You set that up to be shit. Cool Runnings is actually good. Yeah, Cool Runnings is good. No, it's a good movie, but it's it's only one of three. True, true, but... Uh, it's a good movie. Hey, Sanka, you dead? Um... Finish the quote. Uh, I haven't seen Cool Runnings in <laughs> yeah, probably seen... 20 years. <laughs> like, like... All right, I'll play the clip. It's, hey, Sanka, you dead? Okay, you play the clip. Yaman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I quote that, that to this day. It's so good. Sanka, you dead? Yaman. Yeah, cool Runnings is good. I watched it a lot as a kid, but I haven't watched it in many, many years. Um, number two in movies, Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes. Um, pretty good movie, in my opinion. Pretty fucking solid, the two we got going. Yeah, number three, Night Before Christmas. Whoa. Dude. I mean, which is a pretty big movie. I mean, it's like historical significance in the terms of like cultural, cultural touchstones. I mean, you can buy a 12-foot tall Jack Skellington this year. You can't anymore, probably, but you could have. I gotta say. Uh, Enduring Legacy. Nightmare Before Christmas has got to be like one of the most, uh, bipolar things i love the movie so much Mm -hmm. and i detest all of the merch so much yeah simply because it was like the first batch of like ubiquitous merch for everything when i was in high school i once saw a person with a jack skellington pencil head eraser and realized in that moment wow this sucks (laughs) well we both saw a person with a jack skellington tie in high school for sure (laughs) um but uh i mean like yeah nightmare christmas is one of the first ubiquitous um it's interesting my my life course on nightmare for christmas has gone from being a kid and loving it to being a teen and kind of hating that it was like one of the first big like 
emo media properties. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, one of the first properties you could buy consistently at Hot Topic. It was My Chemical Romance before My Chemical Romance. Ooh, right, right, it was right. Disney's My Chemical Romance. I believe that's how they refer to it internally. Yeah, yeah. I'm back in the part of my life where I like it. Except that I don't like it as a Halloween movie. I do think it's a good Christmas movie, but um, only five minutes of the movie is a Halloween movie. So, like, I object to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I always very much loved the movie. I was obsessed with stop motion as a kid. It's a beautiful, wonderful movie with good music. And it's kind of funny since it's <laughs> mostly uh, about a, uh, 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 what do you call it? Like a... A, a holiday colonizer <laughs> whose big problem is that he's too famous and everybody loves him too much. <laughs> so yes, this got, is true. Kind of a theater, big theater kid energy. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, for sure. But it looks so pretty. Yeah, yeah it's really well done. Uh, I always loved the movie. And a hell of a cast, Catherine O'Hara, Chris Sarandon. And two Jacks Skellington. Yeah, Chris Sarandon and Danny Elfman. Um, and uh, Paul Rubens, Rip, R.I.P., yeah, it's a it's great. It's a great movie. Uh but watch for Christmas not for Halloween. Just put it out there. Yeah. I'm um, just putting it out there real quick. I like little goose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a decent Danny Elfman. That's pretty good. <laughs> you got to do a lot of ooh. A lot of a lot of uh yodeling to really get the the oingo boingo effect. Yeah. Uh TV. What was on TV? Well, I have two pieces that are not um TV show related but are important moments in television history the first got milk commercial aired in october of this year oh god and it was directed by do you know who directed it no milk do you want to take a guess (laughs) milk milk yes uh it was directed by michael bay whoa huh yes yeah yeah okay all right yeah figure that one out maybe more important to everyone in this conversation um mike nelson debuted on mst3k in this month uh my that he's my guy i'm a mike person he's my guy Ditto. i'm a mike person yeah yeah we're all mike people here so like yeah there's people that that like joel because he was the original or because he was weird and then there's people that like mike because his jokes were funny and written yes <laughs> yes it's because he was good at it <laughs> i'm gonna piss off a bunch of people but there are mst3k fans who liked the show when it was bad and there were mst3k fans who liked the show when it was funny <laughs> yes yes charitably i would say that the prior to mike nelson uh MST3K was occasionally funny. Yes, yes. I yes, I'm not yes. I'm not trying to say that Joel was terrible in every way shape or form. It you are totally right. It was like intermittently there were just some amazing jokes. It was just so funny and then it was just nothing. You just yeah, you got a lot of downtime in Joel episode. Yeah. yeah like yeah, a yeah. lot of lulls. Yeah, although I will say that uh None of the Joel episodes are anywhere close to as bad as the Netflix reboot episodes where they can't let a joke land or wait for any time at all. It, it's 300,000 jokes per mile or per hour. It's like the opposite problem where the original MST3K didn't feel the need to like, you know, be funny all the time and was just kind of like, you know, just riffing just like occasional jokes here and there. Like sometimes they would just talk to each other and I couldn't even really hear what they were fucking saying. But then on the opposite end of that, it's the Netflix seasons where it's just, oh my God, stop talking. It just, why is everybody, I can't even pay attention to the movie. 
Like, am I not supposed to know what's happening so that these, so that I have context for these jokes? There is something so magical about the Mike seasons, yeah, yeah. where they just hit a perfect, perfect like um, balance. I think part of the problem is if we want to get real, want to get real about it, is that like the MST3K reboot was made by people who are fans of MST3K, and honestly, nothing ruins a thing more than fans writing it like i I mean this sincerely like it's it's the problem it's the problem with like all western comic books right like like because they're long-running character comics and they don't have like contained you know they're they're going forever right Mm -hmm. eventually that means that someone who liked green lantern is going to write green lantern right and then he does all the shit that he thought would be really cool when he was reading Green Lantern, and it's like, oh, wow, this sucks. This feels bad. I think the the real problem is 12 writers, no editor. Well, no editor willing willing to sacrifice many, many jokes at the altar, or they had like 300,000 more than we even heard. You need a person who does not view the material as sacrosanct. Yes. And that's both an editor and a person who doesn't necessarily like it. And Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, you just need fewer writers as well. You just like can't. the Like the Mike Nelson seasons, like they had just writers. That you know, it wasn't like the one one thing about the Joel seasons is that like it was an insular group of people doing a thing they were really passionate about, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But that also means that it was an insular group of people who all had the same ideas of what was funny to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas when they went to County Central, they had to hire people to come in and write actual jokes. Um, you know, it's it's you know this is. This is all opinion. Yeah. yeah. All opinion, but it's the correct opinion. So, yeah. well, let's get back to, let's get back to the to brass tacks here. There were two shows that premiered in this se- uh, month that maybe matter. Oh. One was the John Stewart show. Yeah, okay. So, that would eventually become important to life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and media. And the other was a little show called Diagnosis Murder, which maybe no one else cares about, but I would like to note is a mystery detective show about Dick Van Dyke as a doctor in which vampires are real. Fuck yeah. And monsters. This also takes place in the same universe as Murder, She Wrote. They are canonically in the same universe. What? Yep. And in Murder, She Wrote, vampires are also real. (laughs) Diagnosis. However, in Murder, She Wrote, uh, Angela Lansbury does not directly encounter a vampire. Dick Van Dyke does encounter an actual, honest-to-God vampire whom he must slay in Diagnosis Murder. <laughs> like, that's, that is a that is an episode. <laughs> she has magic powers and is a vampire. <laughs> I don't know why, but you, you're just conjuring in my mind the the mental image of, like, Columbo. Like... <laughs> interrogating a werewolf yeah yes it would be if Columbo encountered if Columbo had to continue being a detective but knew all the time that werewolves existed right like because the vampire thing is in like episode three of Diagnosis Murder so like they wasted no time (laughs) establishing that supernatural creatures exist one more thing dick wolf I happen to notice that you were not your whereabouts were not encountered for on the full moon this week. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just know that Diagnosis Murder is mostly a normal, boring detective show about a doctor that solves murders, but 
it becomes more interesting when you remember that at all times Dick Van Dyke has to be thinking on his list of what could be going on. Is it vampires? <laughs> because <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing. I always thought it looked like a rabbit in the moon. What do you think it looks like? <laughs> You've seen it, haven't you? <laughs> uh, it's that a uh, good Twitter joke that was uh, the 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 chart of could solve the Kira case understands the death note function can't, can't, like, could solve a cure case does not understand the death note function like um the alignment chart of how good detectives are the alignment chart of able able to both solve kira and understand the death note um why does he take a potato chip yeah i think that i think Columbo's on the both solves the case and understands the function of the death note and that's fair. I think that's correct. You know, you would have got away with it if you didn't take a potato chip and eat it. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a last category. Oh? It's video games. I love video games. They were nothing. Um, guess what? It's still Mortal Kombat. Everyone's playing Mortal Kombat. Yay. On the SNES, the Aladdin game came out. I played it. Nah. Uh, in the arcades, in the arcades, we had Ridge Racer. And Virtua Fighter. Oh, I remember Virtua Fighter. Cool. And that's it. Nothing else happened. That was that's literally it. I'm sorry. It's only Ridge Racer. Ridge Racer. Exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's history. I hope hopefully November is more interesting because let me tell you, October was fucking bleak. Well, <laughs> fingers crossed. Before before like uh, this year, <laughs> November was always the big big release. Uh, month, I'd say. That's true. Indeed. Well, I have uh, downloaded a series of covers onto my desktop, and I think that we should go through them, because Brandon has sent them out to all of us. So let's go ahead and go through these. Let's get down to brass tacks again. <gasps> so let's... Wow, they used a lot of the bad cover, huh? They used a lot of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of it, but there's a couple surprises in here. So we'll start first with the original... Uh, in this, in the original cover for "Be Careful What You Wish For," uh, there's a, the two-tone color scheme is light purple background with a darker saturated purple in the letters and foreground. The central illustration by Stanislaw Fernandez depicts a hazy, dark space within which is a large cracked crystal ball. The illustration is from the point of view of the ball reader, whose hands are raised around the ball as though reading it. The hands have long red fingernails. A child's face peers at the ball out of a fog of darkness with an expression I would describe as a curious sneer. Uh, everything is soft and hazy, as though airbrushed. The overall effect is not super engaging, in my opinion. No. The tagline in the illustration completes the title, Be Careful What You Wish For With, It Might Come True. Why is the crystal ball cracked? I don't know. And why is fart gas leaking out of it? I hate this cover. I hate this cover. This cover's bad. Her airbrushed face looks pretty weird. Her face is just... She looks like she just smelled a fart. Yeah. She looks yeah. Like, it looks like the crystal ball is farting and she smelled it. <laughs> I think we said that last time, but it, it remains true. Yes. She has got extreme... He who smelt it. <laughs> Doubt it. Yeah. She's got extreme hoobastank energy about her. <laughs> yeah, she's a hoobastanker. Who? <laughs> hoobastank. <laughs> 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 uh, so good. Uh... Bad cover. Also, again, 
This is not Jacobus. I want to stress this is a non-Jacobus cover. Yes, 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 yes. Are you, are you sure about that? The, this first one's non-Jacobus. Is what I oh, mean. okay, yeah. The first one is yeah, not Jacobus. The second this, one. Right. The, the second, second one. one the yeah. 2005 reprint cover is a Tim Jacobus joint, and it is a... Uh, it features blue blue lettering or teal lettering on an orange background. The illustration here is by Tim Jacobus, and it depicts an old woman standing on the side of the road in the rain with woods and shrubs behind her. She is leaning towards the viewer with a neutral facial expression holding a yellow orb and appears to be shrouded in wispy, white, whitish-blue, ghost-like fog. The perspective is bizarre. Yep. Uh, the top half of her body appears to be on a different plane from the lower half of her body, mm. as is the background. Yeah, she's like leaning towards the viewer. Yeah. It's also a bad cover. It, <laughs> like, it, is, it is surprisingly, shockingly, a bad cover. Probably, I don't know, in my opinion, probably one of Jacobus's worst. Yeah. I agree with you. Also, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, his signature is at the bottom of the painting. Yeah, um, it is. I don't know if that's like a digital version or I don't know. if that's just how it was done maybe they were advertising that hey hey jacobus did this one you want this book because jacobus is on it yeah which is funny because it's so bad <laughs> yeah for one thing i'm gonna say i think that the uh original pink cover is a better color palette for this story yes i don't i don't like the castlevania 2 colors going on here i don't know why this is happening yeah the the orange and teal yeah i don't know why this is going on um but also yeah this looks like Tim Jacobus was going through something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he didn't... I, I don't know what was going on when he made this, but boy howdy, it is not working for me. Like, yeah. It's it's like a... It's a 2004... You can see he signed it 04. Yeah. And so he, they commissioned it for this 2005 reprint, and maybe it had been... I, I don't know if he had done this style of cover for some time before that. I, I think I, not for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so... It might have just been like kind of rusty. I think like the background elements look nice. The the like the shrubs and stuff look good. The character does not. And the character she looks too human. She looks like a caricature. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. so strange. Also, I, I think one of the things that we've talked about before is that um, Jacobus would get sort of like the initial chapters of a Goosebumps book, or like the the like cliff notes of it. And then he would like do covers based on that, which is why some covers are depicting things that are not in the books. Right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the book was finished at this point. Like all right. the descriptors. Uh, this, is a, this is a fairly accurate portrayal of a thing that happened in the book. Except. Yeah. I mean. Except the ball is wrong. The ball color. is the, the wrong color. The ball is wrong. <laughs> why? Yeah. Why? But, but it's, I mean, I'm sure it's because he chose to give her the red shawl and like. It would clash. Yeah. It would clash. Yeah. But but I agree. It is an odd oversight. <laughs> But yeah, that's that. That's all for me. Not good. Not a good cover. Yeah. Yeah. Next. It hurts my eyes. Actually, it hurts my eyes. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's move on to what I think is the best of the original. I agree covers. with you. I was gonna say I'm shocked to say this, but yeah, no, this one's really good. Um, yeah. Also, I would say if you wanted Tim Jacobus to do the uh, cover for a Goosebumps book after he got done with his main run, be careful. What you wish what for. you wish for oh <laughs> oh oh, oh. <laughs> the uh, 2009 classic cover features the classic goopy white font that uh, that font uh, <clears throat> don't say it. let's don't, call it don't say guy it. slime trouble fluid <laughs> <laughs> trouble fluid <laughs> uh, the illustration is a five point perspective depiction of a psychic's tarot reading parlor lit by an eerie blue light the perspective is given as though the viewer is looking up from the floor at the foot of the table at a severe angle. 
padded chairs and a red tablecloth are visible near the viewer, as is a shelf with junk behind the chairs. One of those um, wagon wheel chandeliers hangs from the ceiling, lined with candles. On a pedestal in the center of the table and taking up most of the image is a giant crystal ball supported by a pedestal made of ornamental hands. The crystal ball is filled with the head of a middle-aged woman with dark hair billowing backwards snakily as though she is underwater. The woman is wearing hoop earrings, lipstick, and a shawl. Her eyes are very red, but not, I would say, shining with light red. Just re- red as in um, she got bad, shot. bad case of pink hey, eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she is staring down at the viewer with a smile. In a break from recent entries, as noted before, I think the classic cover is the most interesting of the three. I mean, it's it's like n- not at all what the book is about, but it is the best cover. Um, oh yeah, definitely. This is like uh, this is a book that you see it on the shelf, and it's like, oh shit, yeah, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I'm interested in this. Definitely, uh, and I want to I want to point out now with bonus features. Um, yeah, oh, good. what the fuck features. is that referencing? <laughs> it's got a pop up section. What? It's got features? Really? This no, book's got features. no, 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 no. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I wish. I it probably has say. like it probably has like internet links or some crap. Oh yeah, uh, some fucking bullshit. Also, the, our our praise. Is, is heaped entirely on the illustration, which is good. Again, this the classic covers have this ghastly problem where they have like 20 fonts on them. Yeah. Give me a break, guys. <laughs> so at the top of it, the original series from The Master of Fright in what looks to be kind of the original Goosebumps like text font. Then we've got the Trouble Fluid Goop uh, font. Below that, be careful what you wish for. The title is given in like like meme font for uh, a 60s or 50s B movie. Yeah. And R.L. Stein is in a different font. And then there's the Scholastic logo. And now with bonus features, all different fonts. Give me a break. <laughs> it cannot yeah, be stressed. Yeah, half the screen is text. It's like... <laughs> it's insane. It's so ugly. It's bad. That is bad. The I also like the way the cover, the title is positioned. It obscures half the image, which is bad. Yeah. It's, very bad because like you can barely see the cool pedestal that's holding up the crystal ball there's definitely like an eye motif in there but you just can't see it behind yeah i want to see that but i can't Mm -hmm. because of the words sad yeah all right moving on from the best cover uh most of these are just going to use the first original uh american cover uh as their illustration but i figured we should go through them anyway so the next one is the danish cover for what you wish you will get and the tagline uh you get three wishes wow wow cool wow. Neat no way <laughs> that's sweet it's pretty crazy uh, nothing else to say about hoobastank i've got nothing more to add about hoobastank 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 oh you need a bunch of oomlats above that shit. oh that's, that's yeah right. Uh, the next one is the uh, I've got the Italian one here, uh, which is Piccoli Brividi, <laughs> Little Shivers, uh, Sfera di Cristallo, the Crystal Sphere. Wow. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, the same illustration, although there's some some black goo. Yeah, here. some uh, oily just... viscous black. Ooze. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it reads very well, but it's there. Yeah, uh, it, it it's fine. Okay, so so yeah, I guess this book. This book in Italian is is 
the crystal ball. Yeah, the crystal sphere. Interesting. Uh, so next, let's move to the Spanish one. This is pesadillas or nightmares. Deseo peligrosos, dangerous wishes. Yeah, dangerous wishes. Podría hacerse realidad. It could come true. They may come true. Uh, same illustration. Yeah. Uh, next is the Norwegian. Glesene, pas pavadu unske. Be careful what you want. And uh, the tagline. Unsker kon bliv which means want to become reality or something like. Uh, same illustration as the as the American original. Mm. Uh, moving on to the Icelandic cover, which is uh, original. And at first it looks kind of doofy, but I like it actually. So, Hruklur, which is chills. Getu kves pu Oscar Pear, which I couldn't translate. Uh this cover features green lettering. It's probably, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, probably. I'm going to guess. Uh, this cover features green lettering on a purple ground and depicts a pale woman in gothic clothing, black lipstick, and spiderweb-like black le- necklace seated in a red mist in front of a crystal ball in which swirls white fog. She's looking down at the ball with her head, but her eyes are looking up at the viewer with a mildly malicious expression, like maybe annoyed. Uh, but yeah, uh I think that this is a pretty good cover, actually. It looks a little doofy, but uh, it's better than most of them. I can't call it worse than the original. I can't. I can't say that. It's weird because it's got like a like an AI quality to it, and her, yeah, a little bit. Uh, which you know is, seems rude because it, it was drawn so uh, back in the day. But at the same time, like her eyes are like slightly off. And like one eye is looking in a different direction. It's got kind of that, you know, those old um, uh, paintings where the the eyes are like looking. One is straight on, and the other is like kind of off, so that it, it's all, it's always looking at you. Yeah, it's got kind of that vibe to it, which is neat. But at the same time, like <laughs> looking at it as in the as a low quality uh, JPEG is <laughs> not doing it any favors. Yeah. Oh, uh, she is uh, very young in this yeah, picture. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to the like indeterminable age of the story character but again i think that this is probably this is a pretty good picture of a witch casting on you what were the names what were the names of those orbs that had like lightning in them and you would touch it and it would like snap to your finger it was like a glass like orb thing do you, do you uh, know what i'm talking about oh, yeah yes. like the spencer's gifts electric yeah orb yeah yeah thing. yeah um, she, she's holding that found it uh, they're um, static electricity ball. They're they are electrostatic plasma light ball is what I plasma say. globes. Yeah. yeah, they were invented by Nikola Tesla. Cool. That is cool. It is cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's move on to a pretty wild cover. Back to back to uh, <gasps> a jolly old England. The UK. The UK, the UK cover oh, is a no. mess. <laughs> Oh no, it's why? So busy. Why brown? I would like to okay. Brandon, they went from white to brown. So now it's a poo, it's poo, it's diarrhea. Okay, yeah. let's be real. It's it's diarrhea font. Here, here let Brandon, me let me briefly what? describe it, the Yeah, okay, tell for, me what you what you would call what she's in. All right. So <laughs> also, the goosebumps... please tell me what color the poo font is <laughs> being surrounded by. The Goosebumps logo has a yellow outline with a brown interior. <laughs> Why? Uh, it's like poo goo. It is poo and pee. It's it's caca poo poo pee pee. Uh, <laughs> the background slime we all know is pink here, and the unspeakable bubbles are yellow and orange. In the bubbles rests a shattering pink orb of very thin glass, more like a Christmas bobble than a crystal ball. 
Reflected in the unbroken bottom half of the orb is the shocked face of a female child looking up at a blue and yellow hummingbird with its wings unfurled in front. This cover is a mess. What the fuck? (laughs) It's so all over the place. She looks like, so the fluid she's in looks like it's a melted peach ring <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 there's a there is on the on the bottom right cover that's a peach ring oh yeah this whole thing actually kind of reminds me of a um uh, one of those watermelon gummies yeah delicious yeah i don't know what britain was on about i guess like i mean like they've they've spoiled the entire book in this cover for one thing yeah the bird the bird has spoiled the entire book so okay i will say that the illustration of the child's face looks good like I think that's a you can tell what that is. <gasps> we see a lot of like expressions that don't make sense for what's happening. We see a lot of kind of honestly pretty bad faces on these covers, and this one's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Korean bad cover, bad Ko- cover. Koei Pumpu uh, depicts a brown textured background in front of which is a bemused woman with teal eyes and a black hood. She is holding a purple and blue crystal ball in front of her face. With beringed and bebangled hands, uh, <laughs> this is not good. There's a, a lens flare. Lens flares for days from nowhere. This looks like something you'd find on a uh, Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, like a knockoff Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. Yeah. Slash, painted, airbrushed on a van. Slash, you bought it from a person with a stall at the Renaissance Fair. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's pretty doofy. Um, especially compared to some of the other Korean covers, which are excellent. This one kind of sucks. Next is uh, Cher de Poule, the French cover. Yeah. Uh, Sway dangereux, dangerous wishes. Uh, <laughs> that, that's like the most French name. Yeah. That's the most French name for this, dangerous wishes, <laughs> which also sounds like an erotic novel. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, uh, I actually like this cover a lot. It's it's pretty good. Uh, this one depicts a, this is another straight on image of a woman on a black background. She is in flowing red robes and has black hair and black eyes. She is looking down expectantly at a red crystal in her hands. Uh, again, the French, probably among the better covers. Yeah, I agree. This is a pretty good cover. I mean, like, it's not exactly interesting yeah. because it's just a character in a black background, but I do think that it's not a bad cover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've had some pretty, yeah, bad ones, so this is nice. And the last image I have in here is apparently a temporary tattoo that was that came with this book or was associated with this book somehow, and it's literally just a stitched cut, <laughs> which I don't know how that's relevant. I guess maybe if you wanted to be charitable, the main character is very clumsy, so maybe she had several of these. Yeah, I would just say that it, it's an... It's a book that came out in October, so... I was going to say, this feels like a... You bought this book from Scholastic in October, and we... So here's what you get. <laughs> Need a Halloween costume? We got you covered. <laughs> what I think this was, was Scholastic said, well, the most sensible pack-in for this book would be, like, a little crystal, but we don't want to spend the money on that, so you get a crap tattoo instead. <laughs> And it's Halloween, yeah. yeah. It's Halloween, it's Halloween. Yeah. All right, and with that, let's go ahead and do chapter summary discussion. And before do we we uh, jump into that, real quick, I just wanted to mention that um, I was trying desperately to find an audiobook version of this. Me too. Uh, I couldn't find one. Nor could I. Uh, and you know why? Why? Because the only audiobook that they made for this book was for the French version, which... Really? Yes. In 2022, a French edition of the story was adapted to an audiobook exclusively 
to Audible. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Huh. So there's that. Um, so I, I, unfortunately, I had to resort to a uh, text-to-speech program, <laughs> which, which was very good. I, I highly recommend it. it was Why? Very, it was very fun. Why would you do that to yourself? Because <laughs> I had other shit to do, Mario. Oh, man. Judith Bell, would, Judith Bell would deliberately trip me in math class. I saw her white sneaker too, the aisle too late. No, no, I was no. carrying my no, notebook no. up to the chalkboard. Mario, you're already making a mistake. I was playing that shit on 1.75 speed. <laughs> okay, sorry. Judith Bell delusional. <laughs> That's literally how I was listening to it. And surprisingly, I got everything. Uh, I didn't miss a thing. Well, nothing happened, so you didn't miss much. Like, you would, like I mean, there's not a lot of risk. You're not going to get it. <laughs> uh, much like Aerosmith, I didn't want to miss a thing. Anyway. Well, there's not much to miss. Nope. Uh, all who right. wants to tell us about the first seven or eight chapters of this book? <laughs> I think I know someone who uh, made a wish to do that. Brandon. I wish that you would skip me. I wish we would skip the book. No. <laughs> okay. If okay, I have we skip to. the book, but uh, Earth died. Oh. Yep. That's, that's the, the only way we need. That's the only way we know how to do this. <laughs> There's no other way to. <laughs> You'll get your wish. You'll not have to read the book because there is no Earth. <laughs> Granted. Yes. <laughs> Granted. Read read your lines in space with no error. Uh, chapter one. Uh, we join our main character, Samantha Bird, with a Y, uh, in a seventh grade classroom. She is being tripped by her enemy, Judith Bellwood. Sam lands hard on her elbows and knees, sending all the papers wedged in her notebook flying every which way. This is maybe too early for remembrances, but I too often stored my homework as loose papers sandwiched in a notebook instead of a folder. Me too. Mm -hmm. Organizing things takes effort, and when you're a kid, uh, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, millennials, remember this? Remember doing this? <laughs> uh, I do have a bit uh, slightly later about uh, the, uh, a little time capsule about school technology, uh, but we'll get there very shortly okay uh actually we'll get there right now do kids even have <laughs> notebooks anymore or are they all using chromebooks and turning in homework digitally i literally don't know do you want to know yes they have chromebooks yes they uh damn my uh one of my friends is a uh, uh basically a ta or like he's basically it for the school and yeah uh kids get um computers and ipads and uh they do their homework on that that's way better back in my day i had to I got ink poisoning. <laughs> Back Uphill in my both day, ways. I got stabbed with a pencil and I had lead poisoning. <laughs> we did stab ourselves with writing utensils. Though. That did <laughs> happen. We did. Back in my day, I had to have... Okay, guys, this is true. This is 100% true. I was about to say I had a panic attack every day because I spent at least 20 minutes trying to find my homework yeah. amongst mm -hmm. a myriad number of worthless handouts mm -hmm. in like seven folders and eight notebooks. But this very morning, I woke up in a panic because I dreamt that I had forgotten to do a project for class. And it was like, dude, and I was like, oh my god, my life is over. My school, my academic career is over. And then I woke up and I thought, oh, my academic career is over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. I've only had one dream where I woke up and in the dream, it was warning me about something that came true which was when I dreamt that I was um, falling, and then I woke up literally in the middle of me falling off my bed. Yeah, slammed, I've had that happen. Slammed wow. Wow. It's so damn literal. Yeah. My dreams aren't very creative. Uh, well, uh, we'll get more into school stuff because it becomes relevant again shortly. Uh, and and what what is this podcast for, if not uh, remembering 
school. <laughs> so uh, returning uh, to the big trip, uh, the entire classroom laughs at Sam. An especially hard laugher is Anna Frost, Judith the Tripper's pal. Getting up from the trip with a tomato red face, Judith's green eyes glow with triumph. What a shit kid. Uh, Sam describes herself as the tallest kid in her grade and the biggest klutz who ever stumbled over the face of the earth. She ponders why it is such a riot when she stumbles over a wastebasket or drops her tray in the lunchroom. Sam, honey, it is probably that your audience is children and you send a lot of stuff flying when you trip. We are all attuned to appreciate large dramatic explosions. The eye and the mind alike love the tragic scattering of papers in a classroom or a tray full of wet beans spiraling under cafeteria lights. Uh, because Sam's last name is Bird, Judith and Anna call Sam Stork behind her back. Good one. Judith says to Sam, why don't you fly away, Bird? Not so good one. You can do better than that, Judith. For real. This may be important. Yeah. Sam's friend Corey says that Judith is just jealous of Sam, and Sam reflects that Judith is the perfect height for a 12-year-old at 5'2", with perfect creamy white child skin. She is also athletic, graceful, and has big green eyes. Why would I not be jealous of this miniature goddess, Sam asks herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to notice. That part was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot for Sam to notice. Um... Sam gathers her papers and shoves them back in her notebook. Sharon, the teacher, asks if Sam is okay. Sam notes that all the students call the teachers by their first names at Montrose Middle School. That's weird. I also uh, said that. R.L. <laughs> <laughs> Stein was like, I don't want to write last names. Everybody, yep, all the kids yep. in the school just call their teacher yep. by the first name. <laughs> That's weird. This was a phoner in today. <laughs> yeah, this is a real phoner in. Uh Sam says she is fine and copies a math problem onto the chalkboard as requested. She notes that she is incapable of squeaking the chalk on the board. Story time. School technology. It's an interesting time capsule. I personally barely experienced chalkboards in my school days. They had mostly been replaced by dry erase marker boards by the late 90s. I, I assume most of the people listening to this podcast are, uh, also went to school in the late 90s and early aughts. Uh, so, But even so, we'll describe it. My high school and college still had a few classroom rooms with chalkboards which is mario's high school as well that's true the school loadout from the early 90s or early aughts just to just to spell it out uh for any younger listeners uh kids at that time carried spiral bound notebooks uh that they took notes in physically and when end in which they wrote their homework out by hand you still had to buy and carry heavy physical textbooks at uh, our high school uh, they had an awful rule where you couldn't use a backpack to carry your supplies, and the time allowed to get between classes was about four minutes. So if your locker was in a bad place, like mine, you had to just carry all of the books you needed before lunch. Uh, and being late would get you judgment under God, where you were forced to stand and stare at a wall for an hour after school. Uh, so to avoid this, we carried. Uh, we were accustomed to carrying a leaning tower of textbooks, notebooks, and supplies in our arms between classes. It sucked. iPads would be better. Uh, Chromebooks would be better. Uh, I don't miss it. <laughs> you know, I actually carried all of my books for um, all of my classes in my backpack. I don't know why I just did. Uh, my backpack was big enough, but at the same time, all of that shit was so heavy that all of the straps on my backpack would eventually just rip off. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. But yeah, I well remember carrying five periods worth of textbooks um, 
in a in a hallway, and people made fun of you for that. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Oh, look at this guy! He didn't go to his locker." No, no, I didn't. There's not enough time because <laughs> I live in the real world. Yeah, I don't, you guys get lucky. Maybe maybe all your classes are right next to your locker, but four minutes is not enough time to do that and like sort through all of your books and papers and things. Yeah. Anyway, it sucked. Yeah, true. It sucked. sucked. Physical stuff sucks. Indeed. Uh, uh, for school. So back to the story. In the classroom with Sam at the chalkboard, she hears Judith make a joke about her to Anna, and they snicker. Judith, lay off for like one second. Sam couldn't solve the problem. Teacher Sharon, no last name, steps out to examine what Sam did wrong, and Sam internally notes the teacher's ugly chartreuse sweater. We are in the judgment zone today. (laughs) Uh, Judith raises her hand and calls out the problem with Sam's math and volunteers that Sam can't add. Honey, baby, child, you have managed to physically assault, quietly insult, and loudly insult your classmate in the space of about a minute. You're begging to get cursed. Uh, (laughs) The classroom bursts into laughter again. Everything is funny to these kids. The shitty teacher does nothing to stop any of this. Teacher sucks. Class sucks. Sam is embarrassed and angry, but keeps it together until home economics. Then, Sam says, it got ugly. Chapter two. This book is miserable. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's so mean in it. It's like, everyone's so mean in it, but Sam is also so preternaturally bad at everything. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, It's a spiritually ugh. noxious place. Yeah, and she's mean too. She's like- Oh yeah, she's also shitty. Constantly like judging people around her. Yeah. Uh, like, chapter- I, I, Sam's not a good person. I, I just want to point that out. Yeah. She's like, a, her her life is bad, but that doesn't make her a good person. Chapter two, Sam likes Daphne, the home ec teacher. Daphne is, quote, a big jolly woman with several chins who is rumored to make her students bake cakes, pies, and brownies in her class so that she can eat all of them after the students leave. <sighs> Sam reckons this is probably true. Everyone playing Goosebumps Bingo, please mark the A Character's Fat Shame box now. <laughs> Real Stein. <sighs> there was like progress in the last episode. There was progress. And it progress. just completely shattered in this one. I, mm. His hatred of fat people. This isn't even the last time this is going to happen. Like oh, in this I'm, book. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, no. I thought you meant in the rest of the Goosebumps series. Oh, God. I'm sure. Like, Arl <laughs> Stein stopped not fat shaming. That never gets no way. No. No way. The rest of the Goosebumps books are a bloodbath. What would the uh, monkey's, call, uh, monkey's, call, monkey's Paw curse be for uh, wishing R.L. Stein would stop making fun of fat people? Um, He would become. It, there would be no Goosebumps? <laughs> no, I think it would be. He would go the opposite direction. What would happen is you'd have to be like, like, I wish Arlson would stop painting fat people. And then he would become, like, one of those people who's, like, very unsubtly, uh, unsubtly fetishizing them. Like, <clears throat> Or, or uh, his uh, hatred of fat people was the only thing keeping his raw, unadulterated hatred for uh, deaf people in check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he yeah. would just hate somebody yeah, else. Yeah, he'd unleash the deaf hatred in every book. <laughs> He would just pick uh, an even more uh, unokay target. (laughs) So back in the lunchroom, Judith jokes that Bird tried to fly in math class. That joke sucks, Judith. Come up with some new material. Despite this, the students laugh at Sam again. Sam accuses Judith of tripping her, but she says with a she says this with a mouthful of egg salad which dribbles down her chin. Truly terrible things are happening to this girl. The the show also depicts this yes. accurately. It yes. is yes. as gross as it sounds. It's vile. Yeah. Maybe not as gross as eating a worm, but pretty bad. It's just like Sam 
why are you doing this? Why would yeah. you do this? Sam, at a certain point, you, you gotta... bring this on yourself. Like a hundred and ten percent elbows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the children again laugh at Sam. She is averaging one classroom laugh every twenty minutes. Uh, Sam gets up to confront Judith, but her friend Corey drops his lunch tray at Sam's table and sits with the chair backwards. Corey is cool. He jokes with Sam about the math problem she could not solve. Sam retorts and asks, can you believe Judith? Corey replies, of course, Judith is Judith. They banter. Sam reflects that Corey is kind of cute and describes him. He has great hair. Wow. He wears an Orlando magic cap. That's the team that Shaq was on in the 90s. Corey is definitely cool. I was going to ask that question. What's that? I'm glad you answered it, which was what was the Orlando magic famous for at this time? Thank you. Having Shaq. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Corey looks in his lunchbox and grimaces. As usual, his dad packed him a grilled cheese sandwich and an orange. Corey says, yuck. Sam asks if Corey tells his dad that the grilled cheese sandwich gets cold and slimy by lunchtime. Corey says the dad calls it good protein. Sam asks if his dad uh, throws the sandwich away every day, or if he knows that Corey throws the sandwich away every day. Corey grins and says, no, being a kid sucks. Also, this kind of sucks. (laughs) Yes, yep, all all true, all true. Sam says it's good you came by. I was about to commit a murder on Judith. (laughs) They glance to Judith's table where an eighth grader is displaying displaying a picture in People magazine to others at her table. Did kids read People magazine? They laugh at the picture. Uh, did kids read People magazine? Did I had like um, tops trading cards and video game magazines? I don't remember bringing People or Reader's Digest. There yeah, zoo, zoo books. books. Oh my! Um, oh, highlights. Yeah, highlights, highlights yeah. for kids. Oh, fucking highlights. <clears throat> Goofus and Gallant. Oh my god, you you just ripped open a memory hole in my brain. Oh no. Or did I do that shit? <laughs> I yeah, I don't I don't recall even looking at an adult like a, a magazine that like adults read until I was uh, ever. I mean, like, like I mean like I don't know what the po- yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. I think um I don't know. the only thing that I had was like a um uh what was it called it was it was like a meme book before memes were even called memes it was like a it was a book full of um signs that were clearly fake but they were the funniest things it was like highway signs that were like jokes or like billboards and stuff i don't know if you guys oh well those like novelty joke books yeah Yeah, okay i'll give you that but i mean like but like i'm not reaching for fucking time no 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 fucking kids reading that shit no if i had a book at at lunchtime it would have been the missing gator of gumbo limbo also Mm. like if (gasps) kids had like sorry go on i was just gonna mention my book on the bermuda triangle go ahead i'm sorry um (laughs) uh i was gonna say like teen like nick magazine or like teen cosmo or something yeah yeah what was the name of the was it just teen nick or something uh, for the the nickelodeon magazine there well, it was just Nickelodeon magazine, but there was a teen Nick. Okay. I think. I think. Yeah, I could have sworn I've seen those. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think that the Bermuda Triangle book is cool. I definitely <laughs> would have been into the Bermuda Triangle book. Although at that time, I probably would have had more space things. Uh, I had <laughs> I had a bunch of books on cryptids. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. I had a, I had a couple on cryptids. I, uh, uh, Bermuda Triangle, and then there was also, I think I had one on Bigfoot, but it wasn't as cool. Oh, I had one on the Loch Ness Monster. Loch Ness Monster is cooler than Bigfoot, IMO. Just, uh, you know, uh, don't at me. I also had, um, like, 
at least 10 books on Pokemon. So Oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, oh yeah. yeah, we also had the uh the the uh buyer's guide to uh Beanie Babies and yeah. <laughs> look at prices and stuff. And then oh, if you want that, yeah. Yeah, and if you want to um consider it like reading material, I had like a giant folio of like all like for my Pokemon cards and for uh, X Men cards before I had Pokemon cards. Uh, there is also this would be later, but there is Beckett's Anime Collector, oh. um, and Beckett's Yu Gi Oh Collector, and Beckett's Dragon Ball Z Collector, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my friends would always bring his uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we we liked uh, JTHM in high school. <laughs> I was a, yeah, I had that and Squee, yeah. Yeah, Squee, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, my favorite is actually I feel sick, but mm. uh, because there's a part where one of the characters in I feel sick is answering the phone and she says, "Wet Jimmy's gourmet ass meats," <laughs> and I think about that a lot. <laughs> I think about wet Jimmy's gourmet ass meats a lot. Sorry, that had del- a delayed effect. <laughs> <laughs> i'll find the panel i'm gonna look at it right now normally I, I scoot the the reactions closer to the when people say them but i'll keep the the distance between the 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 joke and the laugh <laughs> like it's, it's a slow burn yeah. here it is oh yeah yeah here it is here it is it's what the the panel is uh wedgie's gourmet ass meets do this be pickup or delivery and I think about it often. I think about it a lot. You've got three of your four Twitter images already, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God. I found a tweet from me in 2019. <laughs> this is a good exchange. A tweet from me in 2019 where my life came full circle when this happened to me. And then, uh, yeah, a second character enters the room and in all caps says, I hunger for ass meats, bitch. Um, and this is a really. Uh yeah yeah, <laughs> back to this uh, amazing uh book that we want to talk about uh, very badly. <laughs> definitely sorry, not, anyway, definitely sorry. not avoiding talking about. It. Yeah. Uh. So Sam was uh stopped from murdering Judith by her friend Corey. Sam says it's good you came by because she was about to commit murder on Judith. Corey advises Sam not to murder Judith. Good advice. They consider the positives and negatives of murdering Judith, chief among the negatives being that Judith is the only good player on the school basketball team. Sam is also on the team at the insistence of Ellen, the coach, but Sam, of course, is the worst player on the team. Despite sucking in predictable ways, Ellen is too embarrassed to take Sam off the team. Sam fumes about Miss Perfect, and Corey says Sam has some positive qualities herself. According to Corey, Sam is smart and funny and generous. So generous that you'll give me that bag of potato chips. He grabs the chips and eats them before she can resist. He didn't even offer Sam one chip. Not even one chip. All I wanted was a chip, and he wouldn't give it to me. (laughs) All I wanted was a chip. Oh, sorry. All I wanted was a chip. Yeah. Uh, The bell rang. Sam heads to home economics. They were making tapioca pudding. Nothing bad will happen. Dark clouds gather. <laughs> Judith approaches, holding a big bowl of tapioca pudding and a, smirk on, and a smirk on her face. She pretends to trip, spilling pudding all over Sam's brand new blue Doc Martens. Oops, she says. Uh, Sam screams and begins to strangle Judith. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pause for one second. <laughs> because this, this happens in this book. Mm-hmm. Sam a- attempts murder here. Yeah, she's strangling her. Or aggravated assault, I guess. 
this isn't a fake out. She's actually strangling that girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Judith pulls Sam's hair and tries to scratch her. The teacher, Daphne, pulls the two apart and, quote, thrust her wide body between Sam and Judith. Uh, Real Stein, please. Why? Uh, Did anyone else get, like, a vibe, like, around this time that maybe that um, Sam and her family were, like, werewolves or something at a certain point? Because she's, like, really physical. She's, like, having anger issues. She's acting out. She's lashing out. She's tall for her age. You know, like a bunch of little like things like that, and then it just goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it. There are several things in this book that feel like they might have been an attempt to set something interesting up, and then they just uh, and Realstein just gives up on it. I thought that like yeah, she was like more than usually violent and angry. Who knows? Maybe maybe Realstein was just working through some stuff at the time, mm. uh, or maybe he just didn't know el- how else to characterize her and said, "Which? What if she was like a violent psychopath?" <laughs> anyway, after strangling uh, Judith uh, and being uh, forced apart by the teacher, Sam runs out of the classroom fuming. If I had three wishes, she thinks I know what they would be: <laughs> destroy, 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 <laughs> kill uh, Judith, <laughs> kill, kill Judith, Mon. Uh, little did I know, Sam says, that soon I would get my wish. All three of them. Great, good writing. Chapter three. Daphne makes Judith and Sam shake hands. Judith mutters under her breath that it was an accident. What's your problem, bird? Later, Sam appears for basketball practice. She didn't want to, but she didn't want Judith to tell people she had scared Sam away. Ellen makes the kids run laps. Sam reflects that Ellen is not very athletic, but she had agreed to coach because the school pays her extra to do so and Ellen needed the money. This is a weird and kind of mean thought for a child to have. Uh, Judith and Anna began performing good baskets ball, Harlem globetrotting, and obtaining all of the goal points. Uh, Judith sank a 20-foot jumper, caught her own rebound, and scooped a perfect two-handed shovel pass to Anna. I assume these lines are in here because Real Stein asked some youths to describe to him some cool basketball moves, and he reproduced them faithfully here based on his notes of the conversation, which were definitely handwritten. Uh, but maybe that's uncharitable. He could just be a baball freak. I really thought that he stopped writing the book at this point and someone else is writing it. I was like, is this being ghostwritten? Like, this feels like someone just attended a like uh, a girls basketball like meetup and then just wrote everything that happened <laughs> and then yeah, occasionally yeah. injected some like uh, plot relevant stuff. Yeah, it really doesn't feel like Stein. While I was taking my notes here, I felt like I was doing a joke. <laughs> I was starting a joke, but no, this is what the book actually says. Uh, so Sam experiences a series of childhood sports indignations, including getting hit in the face with a whiffed pass and having a teammate steal the ball after she actually caught a pass. Uh that sucks, but I have a personal experience of that when I was uh, playing soccer as a kid. I was not very good at soccer. One time only, I managed to get the ball away from the entire team, and the coach's son, who was on my team, ran up behind me, stole the ball from me, and scored a goal, teaching me everything I needed to know about competitive sports. Uh, his his uh, dad then patted him on the back and was like, good job, way, way to go, great goal, stealing it from your own teammate. <laughs> Uh, and I, I quit soccer on that day, and that was probably for the best. <laughs> I I scored one goal in the entirety of my career in in, in soccer, uh, which was all of middle school, uh, grade through grade school through middle school. Um, I was standing 
on the field, and the ball landed on my head and bounced off and went in the goal. <laughs> and uh, that was it. That was my career. <laughs> that was it. Uh, because the rest of the time, I really just wanted to be home watching anime. And uh, eventually, I convinced my parents to let me do that. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you weren't good at soccer, but you had a good head on your shoulders. That's true. Most thing I remember... Uh, from uh, soccer was just that uh, they had they had me be the goalie just because I was big. So I was like, "Oh, you take up more of the goal, haha!" And then I was just like, "This Yay. this fucking sucks. <laughs> this sucks." Yep. And then I remember being really good at baseball, but then we switched from pitching machine to um, kids throwing the ball. And I think I got hit once, and I just was terrified every other time that I went up to the up to the plate. And so I uh, I just did so much worse. And so I eventually just quit because it was like, what What the fuck is the point of this? Uh, hey, can I just interject really quickly how boring the first, like, five chapters of this book are? It's so, there was a point where I was listening to the AI read it, and it was like, this is the most AI, like, AI readable fucking version of this. What is fucking happening? Nothing is going on. Yeah, yeah. there's, I was like, I literally at the end of this chapter, my comment was, remember when this was a book about wishes? No, I don't, because the wishes haven't fucking happened yet. Like, Dude, you could have so easily started, basically started with one of the wishes and then dealt with the consequences of it instead of having, yeah, it's like, I, I bet, Bob, you must have felt like the AI was hallucinating a really boring book. <laughs> yeah, it was like, is it just, at a certain point, I legitimately thought like, was is someone playing a joke on me? Did they like pretend like this was like the version on YouTube that was reading, that was the AI reading it, but they actually just... Fucked up a Goosebumps book and then like had it read it. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. But then, uh, yeah, uh, there's also I totally agree, Brandon. I totally agree because there is uh, a wish that go that backfires later, and it is fascinating and it brings up really interesting concepts and problem solving things that uh, uh, that um, Sam needs to do. But it lasts like a couple, uh, like one's one, like page? a chapter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not even like the, yeah, exactly. And it was, it just ends. Oh God, whatever. We'll get there. Yeah. So, uh, uh, after the sports indignations, including having a teammate steal the ball that she actually caught, more basketball antics occur. Judith knees Sam in the chest. Sam honks like a sick seal. Everything turned red. Sam knew she was going to die. <laughs> That's the end of the chapter. She's definitely going to die. Uh, <clears throat> short book. R.L. Stein. Yeah, short book. Uh, chapter Stein. four. <laughs> oh, well, for the first time in Goosebumps history, this was not a lame rug pull where she wakes up. Sam dies. What follows is <laughs> Sam's adventures in hell. <laughs> Yo, that's a really good Goosebumps book. I, I, I think we read different ones. Yeah, uh, but no, of course not. Sam has the wind knocked out of her, and she describes how it feels. It really feels like you're dying. <laughs> Everyone playing Goosebump Bingo, please mark the square for chapter ends with a fake out death for the main character. Ellen asks one of the girls to walk Sam to her locker room, and Judith apologizes en route. But Sam doesn't want apologies. Sam wants blood. She wants Judith vengeance. Gets, she wants vengeance. Uh, Judith gets angry when Sam doesn't accept her apology and mutters, "Why don't you fly away, bird? You've really got to come up some. You, you got to come up with something better than that, Judith. You can't keep using that. Bird brain. You can't keep using that. Bird brain. Off the top, you could totally use that. That would work as a middle school insult. Uh. Sam leaves school on her bike and was so angry she bikes past her house and keeps going. It begins to rain and progressively rains harder. She stops at the edge of her neighborhood, which is hemmed in by a wood. 
As she turns to go home, someone steps in front of her. A woman. Sam gasps. Something might be happening in this book. Uh, the woman isn't young and isn't old. Wow. She has dark <laughs> eyes, like two black coals on a pale white face. She has thick black hair and black old-fashioned clothing with a bright red a heavy woolen shawl around her shoulders. Now, what you got here is one of them modern witches. Uh, she looks confused. Sam tells the reader she could have run away as fast, she should have run away as fast as she could, but instead lamely asks, can I help you? Chapter five. The woman looks over Sam sitting on her bike in the rain. The almost ghost-like woman approached and said in an old woman's shaky voice that she had lost her way and needed to get to Madison. Sam says that's pretty far away on the east side of town. The woman asks if Sam can take her there and grabs Sam's wrist in her icy grip. Sam gasps internally and the woman repeats her request. Sam assents and she hops off her bike to walk east. A lot of stuff happening in this book. Very exciting. Uh... Sam notices the woman's dimple and appraises her looks again. She's kind of pretty in an old-fashioned way, Sam thinks. What the fuck does that mean? What does that that mean? mean? You are so clearly an old man uh, who is is, uh, uh, stuck inside of the mind of a a child. I'm 12, she thinks. (laughs) Uh, She is kind of pretty in an old-fashioned way, Sam thinks, internally damning the crone with faint praise. As they walk, Sam notices the woman's black boots and a small purple bag tucked under her arm. Uh, The woman apologizes for being so much trouble, then declares that she loves the rain, upturning her palms to collect some. Without the rain, what would wash the evil away, she says. What a weird thing to say, thinks Sam. Lady, to wash the world clean. That was not even subtle enough for a middle schooler. (laughs) Nothing dead in my purse. I am not on my way to turn baby fat into broom fuel. (laughs) Uh, the woman was by now completely soaked, but didn't seem to mind. Sam trips and falls over, scraping her knees. The woman reiterates, it is really so nice of Sam to help her, asks for her name, and tells Sam that her name is Clarissa the Crystal Woman. The Crystal Woman is walking in the middle of the street as a station wagon pulls up behind her. Look out, Sam shouts, but the station wagon swerves around the Crystal Woman. For the first time in two chapters, something almost happened. (laughs) Uh, The two reach Madison. Clarissa says she is really so kind, uh, the kindest, just a really kind kid. Kind, most young people aren't kind like Sam. Very kind. (laughs) She offers to repay Sam, who refuses a reward. Clarissa grabs Sam's wrist, bringing her face close, and reiterates she wants to repay Sam tell you what she says i'll grant you three wishes chapter six she's crazy thinks sam three wishes the woman repeats and pulls a red glass ball the size of a grapefruit out of her purse it isn't a joke your wishes will come true clarissa explains it all make your first wish samantha do you know how many times i had to stop myself from writing that (laughs) god damn i actually have it in my recap yeah i mean we're we're in 90s mode yeah nickelodeon this book is boring. Clarissa <laughs> explains it all. Uh, make your first wish, Samantha. Sam stands there miser- miserably uncertain for some time. She racks her brain, trying to think of a wish that wasn't worded so stupidly that it would go horribly bad with major unforeseen consequences. Finally, Sam comes up with one. She says, I wish I didn't feel bad all the time. Immediately, Clarissa cackles triumphantly, raising her hands to the sky. The wind gusts violently as black storm clouds swirl overhead. Clarissa points at Sam, and a lightning bolt jets out of the sky, striking Sam dead on the spot. Standing over the smoldering child, Clarissa screams into the void, You'll never feel bad again! Because you're dead! (laughs) Not really. No. If only. Sam comes up with a wish. (laughs) If only. Sam comes up with a wish. 
She says, I wish for world peace immediately. Clarissa cackles triumphantly, raising her hands to the sky. The wind gusts violently as black storm clouds swirl overhead. Clarissa points at Sam, and a lightning bolt jets out of the sky, striking Sam dead on the spot. Standing over the smoldering child, Clarissa screams into the wind, you'll never experience war or anything else ever again. Not really. Sam comes up with a wish. She says, I wish I didn't ever have to sleep. Lightning bolt. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I wasn't so clumsy. Lightning bolt. I wish I was a couple inches shorter. Sam's legs slightly shrink. Then she gets a lightning bolt. (laughs) Woo. Sorry, I was... Uh, What Sam really wishes for is to become the strongest player on her basketball team. Strongest is such a weird choice of words. It's uh, it's so obviously like fuck with the bowl, I guess. Yeah. Sam wishes to become the world's strongest. <laughs> Sam wishes to become Super Saiyan 4 Goku. Mm-hmm. See, and I thought it was going to go the way of like, oh, she's so strong that like she tries to shoot the basket, but it blows it off, like blows it into a million pieces and everything just like shatters to the ground. You had or, like she like shoulder checks someone and they like rocket into a wall and fucking die on impact. Yeah. It's just so bizarre how like Getting wishes and having there be consequences is one of the oldest and most free form types of setups you can get. You could do like anything with it. You could do all kinds of interesting stuff. It really is pretty disappointing how how little is done with it. Weirdly enough, uh, one of the wishes is changed for the, or actually maybe more, yeah. but the one that yeah. I was thinking of is for the show. And it's actually better. Yeah. It's a better, uh, a, a fun play on it. So Well, it's sort of better. I'll say it's sort of better. <laughs> At least it's like it feels horror correct. Yeah. Uh, but we will we will talk about it. Stay tuned. Uh, so Clarissa closes her eyes. The red ball glows brilliantly for a moment. After the red glow fades, Clarissa tucks the ball into her bag and leaves without a word. What a stupid wish, Sam thinks. Sam, it is not even the dumbest one you come up with in this book. Uh, <laughs> chapter seven, we join Sam at the dinner table. Sam complains about being too tall. Her brother Ron is being a pest, and she has a little brown dog named Punkin. Punkin. They ask Sam about basketball practice, the family, to which she gives two thumbs down. Thinking of the wish, Sam asks Ron if he wants to shoot some hoops after dinner. Ron at first says he has homework, and it's still wet outside. Sam pleads and says she'll bring a towel. For the ball? They go outside. (laughs) Uh, Sam wonders, am I in for a big surprise? Yes, I was in for a surprise, Sam thinks. Clarissa, the crystal woman, stood on the court in a basketball player's jersey holding the ball. Clarissa cackled triumphantly, raising the ball to the sky. The wind gusts violently as black storm clouds swirl overhead. No, 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 no. What actually happens is that Sam still sucks at basketball. Missing the garage entirely instead of doing a sick dunks. Uh, determinedly, she tries her very hardest to score one goal point by passing the dimpled orange sphere through that void which we know, seeking purchase of a swish beneath the backboard against which so many hopes and dreams have been shattered by faulty angle or deflection <laughs> by wayward pinky, reflected not into that fabled hole but away into jeering oblivion. She fails. Ron bats the ball away. Sam screams, I wish you were only a foot tall. Ron laughs and run af- runs after the ball. She immediately regrets this very stupid wish and calls after him. Maybe this wish also didn't come true, she hopes. Suddenly, Ron scampers towards her on the grass, a foot tall, just as Sam had wished. It's definitely Sam. End of chapter eight. Ron, sorry. It's definitely Ron. It's Ron. It's definitely Ron. For sure Absolutely. and for real, Ron is 
uh, a foot tall now. Um, and it's my turn to do this part of the book, which we all loved and enjoyed, and I love doing. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Chapter nine. Uh, um, R.L. Stein provides an object lesson in delayed gratification in this thoroughly pointless chapter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Sam somehow mistakes her dog for a one foot tall human, stretching even R.L. Stein's credulity. <laughs> which. I, <sighs> Like I know, I know the cliffhangers are often bad, but like it's a dog. It's a fucking dog, Sam. You can't tell me you thought this dog was a human. I'm fucking god, fuck. My eyes and brain are also clumsy. Uh, that I swore that that dog looked just like my little brother. Sam almost tells Ron about her uneasy encounter, but he's too interested in homework. Never has it happened ever. Corey calls, geez, just get married, you two. At lunch, Sam dodges a low kick from Judith, but <clears throat> uh, but fails to capitalize with a counter despite probable frame advantage. Um, Corey has grilled cheese again, but it's cheddar? <gasps> Whoa. The reader is entranced. Child abuse! Cheddar is plus on block. Uh, cheddar is plus on block. Judith and Anna mock Sam, suggesting she should get sick, so they might ac- actually win today's game. Uh, dramatic irony begins boiling over lest you um that's in that chapter any any additional commentary on that great chapter we all loved cheddar huh yeah cheddar mm-hmm. wow yeah cheddar cheese um chapter 10 in traditional wish rules sam's wish has been interpreted both literally and ironically everyone on the team now plays worse than she does and to be clear she fucking sucks at basketball to begin with, she tries to run the ball to her own basket. Nailed it. <laughs> However, due to ev- uh, yeah. However, due to everyone else suddenly being too tired to function, she does score one basket. Good. Um. Yep. Riveting. Yep. I am on the edge of seat. Riveting. Stu- I mean, it's riveting stuff. It, I mean, it's it's really compelling stuff. Um. <laughs> chapter eleven. The team continues to be terrible, <laughs> uh, losing by twenty four points and probably getting Ellen fired. Um, <laughs> is that how it the works? Enti- <laughs> like I'm just thinking about Ellen, like watching this on the sideline. Like, oh man, like I- I'm not, I'm not coaching next year's team, am I? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's middle school basketball. Like, you just you you get what you get. You can't That's make true. the kids be 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 good. They're not capable of doing that very much yet. Ellen's like, I should have, I should have gone and taught home ec. Which, by the way, my AI would constantly call a home EC, so that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, do kids know what home ec is? I never had home economics. Oh, and, I had home ec. I, I actually oh. did not know. I learned how to make a bag. I made a bag for my toys, oh. for my Transformers and my Beast Wars. It was rad. Cool. Yeah, it had a drawstring and everything. It was sweet. We did not have that. Yeah, we did not have home economics, but, like, if, to me, it seemed like an anachronism from, like, those, like, um, yeah. those, like 50s... Uh, what do you call them? They, they those uh propaganda ish films that like were often on MST3K, like yeah, how to yeah. gouge your part into your skull and why <laughs> we, why you have to get married. Yeah, we had neither home ec, home ec nor shop. So yeah, um, yeah, damn, uh, we had both. Really, uh, home ec is one of those classes where it's like. It, it really feels like a direct response to the people who are like, school doesn't teach you any practical things for your life. And so it's just two classes where it's like, hey, you want to fuck around with some wood? 
and hey, you want to make food and sew stuff? I think that's yeah, probably good. I mean, I like, agree. That's probably good. No, yeah, yeah it, it, I I learned a, a, a bunch of stuff, and yeah, yeah, like the uh, weirdly enough, I learned more in home ec than I did in um shop. So yeah, or more useful, th- quote unquote, useful things for my everyday life. I don't, I believe that. Yeah, yeah that makes that's sense. That's not that surprising. It is shocking, and this this comes up pretty often. How like how bad school is at even attempting to prepare you for like practical uh, uh practical problems or, or or teach you practical skills for many parts of life like even law school you spend your entire lawyer career basically reading and writing and they give you a lot of reading they give you basically no writing like you you come out of the school not knowing how to do the majority of extremely basic tasks that a lawyer would have to do in basically any situation and i feel like there's like huge glaring blind spots in school in general that could be filled with some practical uh, uh skills classes like that like there are many people that i went to school with that can't boil water or you know what i mean like huh? <laughs> don't have even the most basic cooking functions and they just eat out all the time and it sucks yeah it's interesting because there's like you know not i think that there's also another step to it where i think that there should be a class where it's like implementing that knowledge in like the real world like not just doing it like in class but also like one like going out uh, here's an example like going out and getting a bank account you know how do you do that yeah like what's involved with that yeah uh, yeah. being more involved with like from like i don't know how it is now but being more involved with like um your driver's license test and just like what exactly you need to do to like get to that point where you can drive a car like stuff like yeah. that you, know? it's, you, you don't even have to merge onto the highway to get a driver's license in this country which is absolutely ludicrous this is america i know it's harder in other countries but like uh yeah uh, school not fully preparing you. Twas ever thus. Yeah. I would say. Instead of yeah. having recess, they should all have to go to a uh, an apprenticeship under a plumber. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because um, when I said, said that comment about like shitty people like being weird about it, I, I didn't mean to like cast too broad of a, a stroke. I was specifically referencing uh, that one guy who made that uh, video. Uh, what was it? What's his name? Uh, the the that guy with the glasses who in his um review of uh 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 what was it brick uh uh the wall oh uh oh yeah like yeah the entire thing is that guy with the glasses basically just being nostalgia like, critic nostalgia yeah. critic yeah it's just nostalgia critic being like um really weird about just like yep. school and it's like they don't teach you anything practical it's so stupid <laughs> it's just like bruh shut up bruh <laughs> bruh yeah. bruh I mean, <laughs> uh, just one other one one personal pet peeve, which should be a, a a universal pet peeve. As an attorney, it is strange to me how little we learn about like the rules that we are all charged with constructive knowledge of. Like there are so many laws, and people don't know a fucking thing about them, including me in school. And it is so so strange uh, that we don't know any of them. Did you guys know that you can't drive a car barefoot? Did you know that? Because that's not true. It's not true <laughs> in any state in the United States. And my friend who is a lawyer said that to me. Like it was true. They've they they what have they done to us? What have they done to us? What have they done to us? <laughs> we don't know anything and we'll believe anything. It's because the rules are created by people who want to use those rules exclusively against everybody else. And they don't want you to know and you never learn them. 
because that would give you an advantage and they don't want that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also school has just got some huge glaring blind spots. Yeah. It's not bad. They just need to patch, patch school. I would love, I would love a class, like a single class that would teach you your rights when it comes to like uh, traffic stops and uh, for being uh, basically questioned by the police at all, ever. I taught some of those. I feel like a lot of, uh, especially a lot of the videos that I'm watching now, which is basically just like, you know, traffic stops or traffic violations, and then the cops basically just push over your fucking basic rights. And it's uh, like, they're really, I'm not a sovereign citizen or anything. It's just like so fucked watching cops like clearly like use their power uh, in, uh, to take advantage of people and nowhere is that more highlighted in like, uh, uh, interviews with cops, uh, uh where, um, they were interviewing some, uh, subject on, uh, for like an investigation and they just don't know that like, you need to call a lawyer, man. You just call yes. a lawyer right now. Just fucking yes. do not talk to them. Call a fucking lawyer. Yes. Here. I, I, I actually volunteered when I was in law school at a thing called street law, where we did this, where we taught them among you know, their privacy rights and, and, and their rights under a traffic stop and things like that. We also taught them like how marriage works and mm. how custody works and all kinds of things like that. Uh, but very, very, very brief. Uh, in, if you live in America, one, don't talk to cops. If you have to talk to them about things that don't matter, uh, talk to them politely uh, because they can ruin your life. Cops are legally allowed to lie to you, but you're not legally allowed to lie to them. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And if you're ever in the presence of a cop, uh, you ask for a lawyer. They have to stop at that point. And they have, they're supposed to stop questioning you at that point. Sometimes they'll have another cop come and talk to you and you, and, and try to browbeat you into talking to them, insist on a lawyer again, keep doing it. They eventually have to give you one yeah. <laughs> legally. They might not because again, the rules are wielded by them against you mm-hmm. for their benefit. And they might just decide to break those rules because they know they'll probably get away with it. Uh, but that's what you got to do. Don't talk to cops. Ask for a lawyer. One if of the I most... make... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, if I make a counterpoint to all of this, um, in the second grade, uh, we made model pyramids. That's cool. Mm. And that was cool. Was it? Was <laughs> it that were, was they out, were they out of like marshmallows and toothpicks? Nope. They were like a constructed thing. Whoa. Not like graham crackers? Nope. Mm-mm. Whoa. That's so cool. I mean, I think we did make a pyramid of sugar cubes at one point, but no, that mine was made out of like... Um, paper did i ever tell you guys i made a uh, functioning um wooden hand that used rubber bands for the tendons that's cool and you could, that is cool you could pull the strings on the bottom and it would close the hand and then you let go and the, the that's pretty cool yeah i made that hey one that's pretty neat hey that's pretty neat uh actually my i think my dad did it and then he just gave it to me <laughs> but, oh uh, i mean a lot of my projects in grade school were done by my parents exactly yeah let's so, be honest yeah for real but um one of the most fucked up tactics i've ever seen a cop do is basically accuse someone uh, of something and say we have video footage we have video evidence and then the person is just like i guess if you have video evidence maybe i'm losing my mind and I'm just sitting there like, are you? F- no, they can lie to you. Yeah. They are lying to you. They can lie so to you. So everybody, everybody out there know that they can lie to you. And they are specifically looking for, if you are ever accused of something like that, you need to stick up for yourself. Because they have like this idea that if you don't, then you know you're guilty. So it's like, unless you get mad about them accusing you of shit that you, uh, uh, that you know you didn't do, 
they will think you did it. <laughs> Everyone who's at even mildly interested in this that lives in America, there's a very popular YouTube video called Don't Talk to Cops, which explains why even even if you believe that the cops are a force for good or whatever, it'll show that that even the mistakes or understandable misunderstandings of a cop can still be used to dis- to crucify you in court, even if you did nothing wrong, and why you should never talk to cops. Google, look it up on YouTube. Don't talk to cops. They showed it in my criminal procedure class because it's a really good video for that. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. public service announcement mm-hmm. about public servants. <laughs> "Quote unquote servants." Anywho, <laughs> Sam takes sick, twisted glee watching her friends and teammates suffer, confident they will be back to normal by tomorrow. The end of the chapter, however, suggests that is an incorrect assertion. Chapter twelve: Judith and Anna are absent at school, panicking at upping from attempted murder to actual murder. <laughs> Sam uh, tells Corey what happened. Supportive, but incredulous, he suggests asking Audrey, the chunky school nurse. Uh, Why? She she informs them that Judith and Anna are gone. (laughs) Could this be? Could this be true? Or is this this another example of Arl Stein uh, being bad? (laughs) I just want to interject real quick. Did anyone realize that this is like almost the exact same thing? Arl Stein, the Arrested Development joke? Yes. uh, Yeah, the literal doctor. (laughs) Yup. Sure is. How's my son? He's going to be all right. Oh, Oh, thank God. Finally, some good news from this guy. There's no other way to take that. That's a great attitude. I gotta tell you if i was getting this news i don't know that i'd take it this well but you said he was all right yes he's lost his left hand so he's going to be all right you son of a bitch i hate this doctor he's a very literal man we lost him he just got away from us i'm sorry (laughs) yeah 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 they're they're gone dot 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 (laughs) end of chapter next chapter uh, Audrey lets the moment rest before revealing that Judith and Anne are, are gone for a week. <laughs> it's good to teach kids the value of a dramatic pause. It is, yes. uh, Judith and Anna's parents think they have the flu, but Sam knows it's her wish. She fears they will only get weaker until they eventually die. Determined not to have uh, her, the two deaths on her hands, Sam seeks to undo her wish. But where will f- she find a weird lady? <laughs> chapter 14. This is a long chapter. In a classic, a classic I need to fill time chapter, Sam takes a vocab <laughs> test. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Sam is distracted during said test. Wishes. Geez. Sam determines that Clarissa probably hangs out in Jeffrey's Woods, which seems as likely as anything. But wait, she has an orthodontist appointment. <laughs> Uh, riveting mom suggests she may only need a retainer this is a classic parent lie Mm -hmm. it's okay kids at home if you've ever been told by a parent that maybe you'll only need a retainer they are fucking lying to you you're getting braces you're getting them sorry sorry it's happening the orthodontist will make sure that you get them even if your teeth are perfect Mm -hmm. they fucked my teeth up yeah um Whoops, she needs six months of braces. This, too, is a lie. It will be longer than six months, but Always twas is. ever thus. Mm. But twas ever thus, <clears throat> at dinner, again, so this whole time, we are going to go find the one in the woods and fix this wish. We didn't do any of that. <laughs> we did a vocab test, and we went to the orthodontist. Fucking 
Jesus. <laughs> we experienced a pause pregnant with bullshit. We experienced got the whole experience. Fucking time, lost time. Um, at dinner, Sam calls Judith, who is probably dying, and asks definitely seriously if Sam put a spell on her. Uh, also, the entire basketball team is absent for a week, and no one seems to care. It <laughs> beggars belief. Um, it beggars like, belief. They would shut down the school if this many kids got sick. Oh, Just yeah. Just put it out there. They literally, they, they do this. This is the thing that happens. Like, if a bunch of kids get the flu, they shut down the school. The fact that no one thinks it's weird is, um... Anyway, chapter 13, no, 15. Wow, man, man wow. <laughs> So many, so many chapters where nothing happened. I thought we'd only done one chapter. Um, <laughs> Judith may or may not be serious about the spell bit, but Sam was offended by the accusation, despite it actually being correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which I love. Like, if you need to know if Sam was like a good protagonist, no, she sucks. She's like super indignant that Judith would accuse her of doing something to the team. Despite the fact that she did something to the team, like <laughs> how dare you be correct? Uh, I mean, I, I that's a that's a pretty middle school feeling. Well, mm. it's a very accurate uh, person thing. Um, Corey bails on going looking for a witch, which is his loss, really. Uh, Sam heads to the woods and finds Clarissa, but she won't respond to her. Why? Mm. Cl- cliffhanger, I guess. A pause, pregnant with bullshit. Another one. Another one wow. of those. So many. A very long chapter. Wow, it was a totally different woman. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. No, there can only be one. <laughs> Are you telling uh, me that you have a different face on the back of your head versus the one uh, on the front of your head? As evidenced by literally everything about her, including the way <laughs> she is dress- dressed, the color of her hair, and her having children. Uh, <laughs> this <clears throat> is such a bullshit thing that Stein... Yep keeps doing yup um embarrassed sam goes to the street where she was going to go with clarissa not finding her she goes to visit judith instead judith judith fervently accuses her of witchcraft because they learned about it in social studies <laughs> sounds like a pretty good, great class to me yeah what the um, fuck fleeing this awkward moment sam wishes judith would disappear and wouldn't you know who is just walking by <laughs> <sighs> all right i think this is the last of my chapters i think it could be wrong. That old R.L. Stein drama. Uh, uh, did, I can't even read what I just wrote. <laughs> oh, sorry, I got it. Wish complete. The witch just bails. Sam <laughs> plays ping pong. She's good at it. But her heart isn't in it. She feels bad about the wish. Uh, no, so she tells Ron about the wish. He mocks her. In a thrilling scene, Sam tries out new hairstyles. Um, Sam uh, calls Judith again. The phone rings. <gasps> I think you missed some stuff. I think maybe what did I miss? I think a chapter was skipped. Did you cover the the wish that was uh, that she would disappear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she says, "I wish Judith would disappear," and the lady is just standing there. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure that that was covered. No, no, I I got it. The wish just happened to be present when she made the wish. Was she yeah. okay for that part? Was she in the house or was no? Like, she was on the street. She was walking. She was on the street. The street. Okay, all right. So yeah. She just ran. Okay, um, yeah. It's for some reason I thought that she was in uh, Judith's house, <laughs> and so she, the the fucking uh, Clarissa would just appear behind her in another person's house. I thought yeah, that was and great. like, <clears throat> and also to be clear, like uh, when I say that uh, she just says the wish and then the witch bails, that's literally 
what happens? Yes. She says the witch, wish. Clarice is like, okay, I'm on it. And then is gone. <laughs> it's <clears throat> it, it, fuck. Oh my God. The effort is just, wow. So on display in this. And if it sounds like I was rushing those chapters, those chapters, I mean, like I read nine chapters, mm-hmm. fucking nothing happened in them. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing. And then something happens in mine, but it flashes and birds. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Just fucking bang it. Yeah, let's do it. Just fucking do it. Let's bang. Chapter 18. Oh, that's right. Back in the 90s, people didn't have their phones on them all the time. So it took a little while for people to get their home phone. And it was perfectly normal to just wait a bit and have a little bit of patience. Hello? says. Remember that? Yeah, crazy. Hello? says Judith, causing Sam to panic slam the phone into its cradle. Judith didn't disappear, Sam thinks to herself. And her bitch voice is back to normal. Mission accomplished. Time for a nap. Waking up the next morning, Sam realizes she's late for school. Looking to blame her mother for this unforgivable crime, Sam runs through her house to find that nobody's there. Her mom and dad are missing. I guess everyone disappeared. She skips breakfast, which will become important later. Sam then checks on her brother, who is also gone. I guess everyone disappeared. Heading out to the front door, Sam notices that her dad's car is still in the garage, which is spooky enough to end a chapter on, apparently. (laughs) I guess everyone disappeared. Chapter 19. Sam tries calling her dad's office, but gets sent to voicemail. In the most relatable moment of this book, Sam realizes that she'll need a late excuse note for school, but she can't find anybody to write one. I guess everyone disappeared. (laughs) No, that can't be. It's not like it's been established that making a wish causes that wish to be purposefully misinterpreted in the most Google voice assistant way possible. (laughs) Sam guesses that her entire family went out for breakfast or something and races to school, which she finds completely empty. I guess everyone disappeared. No, just because there were no bikes or cars outside the school that the hallways are entirely empty, that does not mean that everyone's gone. Surely her classroom is full of kids ready to start the school day. So Sam practices blaming her mother for being late and opens the door to her class. Empty. I guess everyone doesn't. No, no. They're in the auditorium. They're, they must be there. Sam jogs through the empty hallways, notices the empty teacher's lounge, and finally finds an empty auditorium. I guess, wait, what about the janitor's room? Yeah. Empty. Shit. As Sam bikes home, she notices that the entire town is completely devoid of human life. No cars on the street. No people in stores. I guess everyone disappeared. I made my family disappear. (laughs) I'm in fairness to Sam. If I had made a wish that a person disappeared, Mm -hmm. I would not immediately assume that my very specific wish would be interpreted this generally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really obvious that this is just a malicious misinterpretation of what she was trying to do. (laughs) I mean, we're going to get to it, but like the explanation makes no fucking sense. No, (laughs) it's, it's fucking insane. Chapter 20, confirming that a better title for this book would be Be Careful Who You Wish From, Sam realizes she's been had. When she wished for Judith to disappear, Clarissa made everyone disappear along with her, which I feel we can all agree is massive bullshit. Yes. Would have been better if Judith was invisible now and used her new powers to harass Sam even harder, but I digress. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. That would be a much better interpretation. Yeah, it's 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 just the most deliberate nasty misinterpretation possible where you would be like, "No, I'm not going to wish for anything from you. Fuck off." <laughs> Explain yeah. this, Clarissa. Explain this. <laughs> Sam is hungry because she skipped breakfast. See? I told you it would be important later. So she starts screaming, I'm starving <laughs> into the completely vacant town in a vain attempt to get someone to respond. Nope. I guess everyone disappeared. Pages upon pages of this book dedicated to proving that everyone has disappeared. Yep. Sam gets home and gobbles down a peanut butter sandwich. How am I going to feed myself? She thinks to herself out loud immediately after feeding herself. There's a lot of peanut butter in the world, kid. Like, you, like you, it's not going to go bad either. It's peanut butter. Like, <laughs> Quote, what do I do when, I, when food runs out? Do I rob the grocery store? Do I just take the food that I need? Yes! Yes on yeah. all counts, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I can't steal from nobody. <laughs> Wait, Sam continues. If my fundamental needs aren't being met even when the world is populated... Isn't that a failure of capitalism? Why is it more ethical to sell food for inflated prices than it is to take food I need to survive? Wow, Sam, if only you could see our stores in 2023 locking baby food behind glass. And yet she participates in society. <laughs> How curious. <laughs> anyway, Sam's still on her Judith made me do it bullshit. So she just screams, I hate you, Judith, into her empty house. <laughs> But wait, footsteps. I guess everyone hasn't disappeared. I would like to note that I do think Sam's like profound and like eternal hatred for Judith is sort of funny. Like, <laughs> like it's sort of an interesting character trait that like our protagonist just hates this woman so fucking much. Yeah. And maybe there's a lesson here about the cycle of bullying. Or, I don't know, R.L. Stein just needed something to write about. I just, I don't know. But, like, R.L. was like, ah, fuck it. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> it. It is funny when this child is constantly like, I'm gonna kill that bitch. <laughs> Literally. Uh, to the point where she physically assaults her at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. Listen, kids, don't be a bully. Or, spoilers, everything will work out great for you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually come to a very, very similar conclusion. <laughs> Chapter 21, it's Clarissa, and she's here to explain it all. Thank you, Brandon, mm -hmm. for taking my fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't blame me. Everyone thought it. Uh -oh. We all thought it. Oh, yeah. There is one that you almost got, but I'm, I, I, I got it, and you were so close. Anyway, oh. you made the wish. I granted it, she says, but Sam fires back immediately. I didn't wish for my family to disappear. I didn't wish for everyone in the world to disappear. You did that. You. Get her with that unassailable logic, Sam. Magic is often predictable, says Clarissa in full-throated bullshit cop-out. <laughs> I figured you would not be happy with your last wish. That is why I have returned. You have one more wish. Sam quickly moves to reset everything the way that it was, but gets interrupted by Clarissa. Be careful, she says. You know what you wish for. Sam realizes she's right. It is the title of the book, after all. <laughs> Sam calms down and gets rudely interrupted by an end-of-chapter cliffhanger. Wow. I would like to note that Clarissa says, as to why she made every human being on the planet Earth disappear, 
it was the quote, the only way she could think of to grant the wish for G- the, only, <laughs> the way. only way there was no other conceivable way in my mind as Clarissa to deal with this problem than to wipe the human race from existence. Yeah. I had, Do we know if Clarissa is like English as a first language? Or- she, 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 like, I mean, she could also be, I mean, like, she could also be an ancient crone who has been using magic to make herself look better, and her brain is just getting, maybe she's like 3,000% dementia, and she really can't interpret it's like, what's happening. Okay, it's all right, all right, Clarissa, let me hit this one. You shrink Judith down to a microscopic level, mm-hmm. therefore she can't be seen. You make Judith invisible. Mm-hmm. You get rid of Judith entirely. You transport judith to space yeah shunt her out into space you kill judith like, like, like this, there's I mean, there's <laughs> five her. options yeah, you don't even need there's a wish five options you don't even need a wish clarissa just get a knife and kill her <laughs> you <laughs> cannot be serious right now like <laughs> the the best that you could think of was uh, everyone, everyone goes away. Got it. The only this, interpretation. Got it. No this other is way. what you want, right? The this is the only is. way. <laughs> I can't think of anything better. I, I do like the idea that the witch is like actually well-meaning, but her brain is just broken. So <laughs> she's just like... She's, She's, She's like, like the clumsy there. wish giver. I mean, certainly her actions would insinuate that because she also, keeps coming back like a fucking Amazon delivery, like a fucking Amazon yes. like person. Like, oh, do you want a refund? We can give you a refund. Do you want a refund on that wish? We, I can totally rewind that wish. Which oh, by she's the like, way, I, I knew you wouldn't be happy. Like, okay, yeah. then why did you do it, Clarissa? Like, <laughs> yeah, the best for, scene. For the best possible scene of this book would be Sam sits down with Clarissa and she's like, listen, okay, I'm not going to actually wish for the for the purposes of everything. We're going to have a conversation. I want you to tell me how you interpret this <laughs> wish and how to make it happen. And she's just like, okay, sure. And then they sit down and she's like, okay, I wish that I could run faster. Uh, I would turn you into a hedgehog. Uh, okay. Uh, because relative to your body size, you would move very quickly. Uh, okay, I would wish... Uh, I wish that you exploded and died forever. I would make everyone else explode and die forever because it's like basically <laughs> the same thing. I wish I could have a puppy. Your parents are dead. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? That had nothing to do with my wish. I wish. Okay, how about this one? I wish I had a ham sandwich. Adolf Hitler is back and he's pre- president. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like she's like, showing a, a, a psychiatrist is showing the witch ink blots. She's like, I kill you with a, a lightning bolt. I kill you with a lightning bolt. I kill you with a lightning bolt. <laughs> I wish that I had a million dollars. Everyone is bears. Everyone is bears now. <laughs> I wish that I didn't get hit with a lightning bolt. You get hit with a lightning bolt. <laughs> you get hit with a car <laughs> before the lightning, lightning can strike bolt. you you can hit with a car yeah. and get launched away get hit with a bus <laughs> <laughs> no you get hit with a bus with a giant lightning bolt on it <laughs> swallowed wrong I'm dying <laughs> she's like why was there a lightning bolt on it were you trying to be cute no it was just on my mind <laughs> uh, I got a one track mind I'm sorry chapter 22 alright Sam don't fuck this up here's my wish I wish for everything to return to normal. I want everything to be exactly the way it was. Great job, Sam. Just hit the reset button on this whole mess and move on with your life. Wait, why does this book have four more chapters? But, says Sam, making me scream internally. But, 
I want Judith to think that I'm the greatest person who ever lived. Great. Why? You don't even have to have any bullshit interpretation associated with that wish. It's just terrible in its own right. Yeah. Clarissa grants this third wish and notifies Sam time will rewind to this morning because we got to start wrapping this shit up. Did anyone want to say anything about why? I mean, just why this is like the worst wish that a person has ever made. And like, like Sam, you had one job. You had one job and you were so close to completing it. So close. So close. Maybe she should have been wishing for things like I wish that I was tortured horribly and (laughs) murdered and only the worst bad things happened to me. And the wish would have to like be like, I also just misinterpret this. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I have a copy of this book. (laughs) You're tortured with a with a wonderful life. Oh, this is so, oh, it's so torturous. Oh, I can't believe that I, everything's going great for me in my life. Oh, no. Yes. Uh, I wish that my life was taken. perfect. <laughs> I wish my life was perfect. Okay, I'm working on it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Uh, you have herpes. <laughs> you have herpes now. <laughs> Why? Why is that? I mean, I guess it's really what, be careful what you wish for. Uh, like Bob said, it's be careful from whom you wish. It's, uh, you gotta, you're, they're interpreting what you want want there's like all kinds of stuff that happens if they're changing reality to bend it to your wishes first of all if they're capable of doing it their brain probably doesn't work the same way yours does and second of all they can misinterpret stuff that's like asking people i ask for a sandwich you know at a sandwich shop and they give me the wrong thing like that that's not that hard to imagine (laughs) there was like there's like 20 options i just think it's screw it up i think it's funny because it's like clarissa is not the wishmaster, right? She's not like evil, deliberately twisting a wish to make some miserable. She's just like immensely bad at this. She's just terrible at wish granting. Like her brain is broken. Like <laughs> <laughs> And she keeps coming back like, hey, did you like your wish? Do you oh you you probably didn't like it. No, no, yeah, I knew no she comes I back knew and is like, like you probably didn't like that wish, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and I want to note uh for future reference that She's saying that she's rewinding the wish. Yeah. So she still has, like, she can make, like, as many wishes as she she wants. It will always rewind back to the initial first wish. So it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, it shouldn't matter. They play it up for, like, you know, um, a drama later on. But it's like, if you keep rewinding to the first wish, you still have three wishes. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I I do like the idea. I do like the idea that the witch is just like actually bad at doing her job and that she's well-meaning. Like that would be a lot more interesting Yeah, uh, if they would stick with it and that would be the point. But like, like she's a clumsy witch and they both bond over that or I I don't know. I'm not rewriting this bad book. This book barely has anything in it. I wish you knew how to grant wishes better. (laughs) Well, I I learned to make them worse. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, um, now everyone is ducks. (laughs) Oh no. I don't know how to tell you this, but everyone's ducks. The thing is ducks only want bread so i'm really good at that i'm good at bread i'm very good at bread if you want bread i can give you that and only sometimes will you get bladder cancer only sometimes sam's mom wakes her up from school i guess everyone reappeared yep everything's back to normal sam runs around her house hugging everyone being grateful they're alive and wishing them merry christmas as sam makes it to school she says hi to judith who takes off to her Jewish. to Jewish? I'm, 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 I need to take a sip of water. Hold on. My mouth is getting all weird. As Sam makes it to school, she says hi to Judith. Now I want to say Jewish. 
As Sam makes it to school, she says hi to Judith, who takes off her ski cap to reveal another end of chapter cliffhanger. Wow, these are super bad in this book. They're really bad. Chapter 23. Turns out Judith got her hair cut exactly like Sam's. Cringe. Then she offers to carry Sam's backpack for her. Mega cringe. The rest of this chapter is just Judith copying everything about Sam's existence so she can be more like her. Judith wants Sam to help her with her foul shots, wants to wear the same clothes from The Gap, mm-hmm. trademark, wants to wear the same Doc Martens, trademark, etc. That's it. That's the chapter. Chapter 24. Turns out Sam's wish to turn Judith into a stalker wasn't such a good one. (laughs) Now, Judith is following Sam everywhere and copying everything about her, right down to getting braces, because Sam's getting them soon. I guess a kid in the 90s can just go into a dentist's office and demand braces right there. I mean, an orthodontist is going to be like... A kid walks in and is like, I would like to get braces. The orthodontist is going to be like, yeah, uh, I got I got you, fam. Don't worry. Uh, I can do yeah. that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. In retrospect, it's probably more of like a hands clapping and rubbing them together. Like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> you yeah. Want braces, huh? I can. I yeah. uh, don't worry. I'll put some. Oh, you got. Uh, well, you'll Oh, you'll get braces. But first, here's a year of the worst things being put in your mouth possible. Like. He wants a spacer. <laughs> Ugh, God, I fucking hate that thing. I think I've already talked about it. I won't. We, go we have definitely again. talked about getting yeah. a, a Sour Patch Kid stuck inside of your yes, um, yes disgusting yes, yes. mouth equipment. Yeah. The best part is when you bite into a sandwich and it's like you get three layers of laminated sandwich on your teeth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good shit. Oh, hey, basketball time. I love sport. Turns out Sam and Judith have a big game tonight. And as soon as the team gets together, Judith nominates Sam to be team captain. Lol, cries Anna, Judith for- Judith's former friend who has taken a backseat to Sam's psychopathic wish. Fuck you say, screams Judith. And the two get into a shouting match, which is only ended when Ellen puts them pulls them apart. They decided to figure out who's team team captain. What am I... <laughs> My brain is turning into horses. Ah! Hey, Bob, can you grant me a wish? Yeah, sure. I wish that uh, all people were ducks and my shoes were made of feet. Lightning bolt. (laughs) I was going to say mole penis and leave no further questions. (laughs) Yes. They decide to figure out who's team captain later, and the game starts then immediately goes to shit because Judith is now just Sam's mimic tier and fucks up exactly everything Sam's fuck. Sam Sam fucks up. (laughs) Got it. Exactly everything Sam fucks up. Nailed it. The game goes so poorly that after making one particularly impressive basket where the ball didn't even hit the hoop, a girl from the opposing team stares directly in Sam's eyes and says, be careful what you swish for. No, I didn't come up with that line days ago, and I haven't been desperately trying to force it into this recap. Why do you ask? Well, it was worth it. It was worth it. That is a better title for this book. <laughs> the very part of this book is, ah, bad wish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no, really good No, bad wish. Ooh, oh. bad wishy. <laughs> Dumb witch. <laughs> Dumb witch. <laughs> Dumb witch. <laughs> Dumb witch. Dumb <laughs> witch. <laughs> I want to write a Goosebumps book called Dumb Witch. <laughs> oh 
my god <laughs> that's so good it's so accurate it cuts through so much bullshit it's, it really is just dumb witch dumb, dumb witch <laughs> the dumb witch horror uh, fuck that's so good anna accuses judith of being a dumbass on purpose why are you copying that clumsy ox says anna abandoning the bird-based name calling we've known up until now <clears throat> god damn it dumb witch oh i actually have tears in my eyes <laughs> 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 uh, judas judas starts beating the shit out of anna causing both of them as well as sam to get benched they lose the game and judith asks sam to study algebra uh, together after dinner sam says she can't because she has to visit her dying aunt or something when she arrives home late sam tries to get some sleep but oh fuck there's someone in her closet. I wonder if it's someone who has exhibited obsessive behavior in the past couple of hours. Chapter 25. Whoa, it's Judith. And I'm just going to assume she's wearing a child-sized ghillie suit. Mm. Sam and Judith start shouting at each other about how Sam promised to help Judith study, which attracts the attention of father figure, who tells Sam it's rude to call people late at night. No, you shut the fuck up, Dad, says Sam, turning her attention back to Judith, who is now fawning over everything in the room, which I assume is covered in trolls, Polly Pockets, Beanie Babies, Furbies, and Gigapets. Sam isn't cool enough to have Tamagotchis. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Sam shoves Judith out the door and she falls asleep. The next day, Judith meets Sam at her house so they can walk to school together, giving Sam a full-on flight response as she just <laughs> as she just ups and sprints away. She makes it, she makes it a good distance away before eating shit on a tree root, only to see Judith standing over her. Chapter twenty-six. Wait, it's thank not. God, a, thank God. <laughs> wait, it's not a young teenage girl standing over her. It's a decrepit old woman. Forget the braces. Sam needs glasses. Clarissa offers Sam another wish because she is unhappy, which kind of rules ruins the whole three wishes thing, but whatever. I, I wish I'd never met you, says Sam. Hey, actually, that should work. As long as Sam doesn't, like, tack anything else onto this wish, she should be fine. Mm -hmm. I wish Judith had met you instead of me, Sam. Why would you say this? What, like, what part of your brain doesn't work this bad that you would say this? Ever. Ever. Like, all of your wishes have made Judas' life so bad. And your thought is, I should let the person who hates me more than anyone else, else in the world have a complete control of the universe. It's, it's so... Give uh, me the ability to grant wishes. Yes, please. I'll actually yeah, do it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, except that she would turn her into a genie in a bottle. Probably, oh, true. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you would be Robin Williams. That's yeah. true. Yeah. A little column A. A little column B. Try more of column B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the last thing I thought we were going to do today is sing Aladdin songs. Uh, uh, I wish Judith met, had met you instead of me, says Sam, fucking herself over for the millionth time. As mm -hmm. Sam hides in the bushes, Judith and Clarissa start chatting, and Sam thinks she hears Judith say, Bird, why don't you fly away? Which I guess she saw Sam in the bushes hiding whatever um, sam is beside herself with happiness she's so happy that she eats a worm and flies off into the distance because she is a bird now teaching kids that hey maybe you should relentlessly bully someone in your school so they hate you enough to turn you into a cool animal the end she's a better bird than she was a person that's true <laughs> that's true 
This book is bad. Oh, yeah. it's exceptionally bad. You know, one of my fun, one of the funniest things I noticed about the the wiki that shall not be named is that in, yeah, I know what I know what you're going for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the trivia section, there is uh, the first piece of trivia. Which this isn't. How is this trivia? I don't understand how this is trivia. It's not. But it says Troy Steele rated this as the best Goosebumps book and praised it highly. I'm just going to say something this right now. Troy rarely does with Goosebumps books. I don't know who Troy Steele is. I don't know who he is. I'm going to Google him right now in case he follows me on Twitter or something. Uh, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. to be unfollowed. I'm going to say this right now. That man's a fucking idiot. <laughs> that man doesn't know what good is at all. Is what so is insane. wrong with you? Uh, okay, so this is Blogger Beware was a blog run by Troy Steele that reviewed Goosebumps books. The blog contained reviews for all original Goosebumps books, the Tales to Give You Goosebumps books, and the Goosebumps series 2000 books. So before we dunk too hard on this man's terrible taste, we should... Uh, recognize a uh, a fellow a cohort in this area true well uh, he did a lot of work however however uh he is patently wrong uh as wrong as a person could ever be i guess it's really interesting that his opinion could be so bad and wrong I wonder what the re- maybe maybe he's like he recognized the witch. He's like she also gets it all wrong. I I, I identify. <laughs> I identify with this witch and her fucked up brain. <laughs> uh, Want to know what uh, Steele's number eight uh, book on the uh, on their top ten list? I'm, I'm looking at Goosebumps it. But book? go ahead and t- tell us. Tell us. Yes. Welcome to Camp Nightmare. <laughs> Woo. How the fuck? And rated Welcome to Camp Nightmare above Stay Out of the Basement? Stay out of the basement. Okay, the Haunted so here- Mask isn't even on the top 10. I yeah. am livid. I am livid. So here's a question. So when it comes to taste, there are people, miserable people, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. can recognize, who can't recognize what's good, but can recognize what's bad and the inverse. Some people can recognize if something's good, but they're not capable of recognizing if something is bad. Yeah. This person might be the first and is definitely not the second. So let's briefly look at his 10 worst books uh, of the Goosebumps series and see if he is that. Uh, I haven't read any of these, so I don't know. <laughs> uh for for the listener, because you'll definitely want to know, his ten worst book books are Chicken and Chicken and Monster Blood Four. Is the I worst. can believe the fourth Monster Blood is bad. I, I can believe that's, that. That's the most believable thing on this list. Uh, yeah, Legend of the Lost Legend, Attack of the Jack O' Lanterns, A Shocker on Chalk Street, Egg Monsters from Mars, The Abominable Snowman of Pasadena, Deep Trouble Two, Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes, Say Cheese and Die Again, and My Best Friend is Invisible, and the ten best books rated uh, from. Uh, to the oh, from best to tenth best is be careful what you wish for ghost camp werewolf skin you can't scare me the haunted school the headless ghost the ghost next door welcome to camp nightmare stay out of the basement and how i learned to fly uh because if i was listening to this i would definitely want to know what those were mm-hmm. uh, you'll have to stay tuned to hear us reveal most of those uh review most of those with our good big boy brains uh i would <laughs> like to i'd like to jump down here where um when asked how he felt about Blogger Beware on Reddit, R.L. Stein had this to say. They sure are critical, aren't they? Cringe, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> After wow. being presented with Stein's comment, Steele says, 
Cringing at how critical I am of his life's work is hardly a diss. Considering the circumstances, it was about as classy a response as one could hope for. Let's hope he never listens to this podcast. Wow, you just took that L, huh? (laughs) Just got hit with that one. He called... Fucking Arlstein called you cringe, man. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. That sucks. Oh, man. If Arlstein called me cringe, I I don't know what I would do. I would hope Arlstein has harsher words for us. Yeah. (laughs) I want want profanity for just the casualness of the dismissal a cringe and not even cringe 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 cringe. i hope that mr stein does not have the ability to get on a computer and listen to this podcast because he would i I think that they sure talk about come a lot i think yeah yeah if that's the the worst thing you could say about this podcast i am all for it (laughs) like that is absolutely cool as long as you don't call us cringe, please don't call us cringe. Please don't call, make fun of how fat please we don't are. Call us cringe. <laughs> oh my God, R.L. Yeah. Stein telling me how fucking fat I am. <laughs> yeah, don't fat shame me, Carl. Carl Stein. <laughs> Carl, Carl Stein. <laughs> That's C his period, ego. A period, R period, L period. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, notorious C A R L. It's good shit. Oh my god. RL was like, here, hold this L. And then, yeah, now he's just R Stein. Nailed it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I, I guess we can move on to the. Um, also, I just wanted to say that Steele also rated uh, You Can't Scare Me number four of his favorite books. So I don't know. Maybe we'll be. Maybe we'll that be proven. That mean anything. Yeah, maybe we'll be proven long. I don't know. Watch us agree with him at the end of this. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, already don't. Because uh, w- are you gonna make? Are you seriously gonna make a top ten? Are you seriously gonna make a top ten list in and my house? You're and you're not my house. Fucking haunted mask on that shit. Are you fucking kidding me? I uh, I can't. I can't. I can't believe that. I, uh, fucking absurd. Also, let's get invisible. <sighs> really fucking good. Not yeah, sure honestly, could be. I mean, like we've read several in recent memory that are actually good. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know. It's possible that he just has extremely weird reasoning. Yeah. He did say that uh, the, the thing that you just said was that this guy was super critical, which I, I don't know what that, I don't know what they mean by that. Um, I, I don't know if he was like doing it like really maliciously. Well, I mean, in their commentary on the Wikipedia thing about uh, uh be here what you wish for it did say he was rarely positive about these oh, books okay. so so gotcha. <laughs> or he praised think, the book a thing he rarely did <laughs> like, i'm going to take a just a little brief uh peek at the review for this book sure sure which does exist uh, the, the, oh it's archive.org uh, archive.org uh saving the world uh doing god's work uh really uh by preserving culture uh his logo is cool i wish that that logo is neat agree Although it does look like the pencil is shooting out of the mom's butt. Yeah. So. Oh, this is like a TV tropes. This is nothing. This is very TV tropes. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, this... Oh, no. Oh, no. This is terrible. But the, the platonic boy relationship, questionable parenting, questionable teaching, early 90s cultural references... R.L. Stein shows how he's down with the kids. Okay, so... The, Foreshadowing alert. The only part of this that is like a review is a couple of sentences. The last 30 pages or so of this early book in the series are so unflinchingly cruel and genuinely funny <laughs> that it reminds me why these titles got so popular so quickly. The novel still afflicted, still afflicted with a lot of the problems that these books suffer from 
but regardless this is definitely a higher tier goosebumps entry this has got that like that this is this this review is posted in january of 2006 and it has the feeling of like an x-play review like where people just didn't know how to review media at all and they would do like two or three sentences of actual review and the rest of it would be just summary. descriptions like pithy this is descriptions all a lot of, of what happened yeah 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 this is not even i would not call this a review i would call it bad i hey i would say your website is bad <laughs> good logo though yeah the logo's cool. good cool logo uh i'm reading the one on the haunted mask and it really is just fucking it is just a recap this is so this is so fucking God damn it. It's not even Cinema Sinzy. It's, it's oh, like, this is like the, the paragraphs of recaps. He recaps yeah, the entire yeah, this fucking way thing in this. This is straight up like uh those those uh uh how <laughs> uh, what what are they called? The YouTube videos where it's like ending explained where it's just like they just recap the fucking movies. Yeah, this it's got Also like he's a, trying to force like the TV tropes thing with the platonic booger relationship. Like not every Goosebumps book has that. Just uh, conc- leave the, that off. Like the yeah. conclusion is two sentences. And the first one is not quite as scary as if she'd gone with the gorilla mask. Yep. <laughs> what? what? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, enough dunking on this uh, this relic of. Uh, uh, of no way. I want to get. I want to get one more in here. All right. You're for this one under under haunted mask under questionable parenting. He writes, though it is never said directly, we the reader can ascertain that Miss Caldwell, being an art mo- being a quote unquote art mother, smokes copious amounts of marijuana. Ooh. Ha! <laughs> you cut out. Uh, she would smoke the wacky weed. <laughs> this lady does art. She must be on a drug. If she did smoke, smoke marijuana, she'd have a hell of a trip. This is so fucking... Oh, my God. You know what? There, There's one word for that. Cringe. Cringe, cringe. cringe. I agree, RL, RL. This is pretty cringe. Uh... Uh, these these aren't even reviews. I don't know how Mr. Stein would have been able to even say this is just a summary of the thing I wrote. I, th- I think that's probably why he said cringe because it's just like what the fuck is this? It's you're just recapping the books so that you're stealing my fucking money. He said Hulk's face face cringe cringe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did we want to move on to the TV show? Let's yes. do. All right. So yeah, um, TV show actually got, has a couple things uh, that are like oh, slightly better. Uh, do we want to do like a traditional like recap of the whole thing, or do we want I mean, to? My recap is pretty short of this. To okay. be honest. Uh, so we begin mid basketball. Yes. Um, I'd like to note the funny thing that happens here, where Judith moves the ball around her body <laughs> for yeah. some reason. Yeah. For, for some reason. For some then, reason, Mario. It's because it's so cool. That he's like, stop showboating. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> it's because we've started in b-balling res. We have to have a cool, sick trick. <laughs> she definitely. I mean, the slow, slowly moving the ball around your entire waist is for sure sick. Oh yeah. Um, Sam is just fucking terrible, as we know. Um, someone says, have a nice trip, bird, which isn't even a bird joke. That's just, like, not... Okay. Um, Mortal Kombat music plays during all basketball scenes. I'd like to note that right now. Yes, yes. Um, Also, I want to really quickly get out of the way. The music that starts this episode is fucking incredible i love it ba-na, it's ba-na, amazing ba-na, 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 ba-na. <laughs> it's all work hits yeah <laughs> it's so good more time anna go for it sam hey cory
it's great. It's great. Um, Corey is here, and he is um, not tall, uh, <laughs> and he also looks like a small Pete Davidson. Um, <laughs> look at his face. He looks like Pete Davidson. We get our first, why don't you fly away, bird? Um, Sam, okay. Sam finds a pendant in the gym. Yes. It's just I on thought, the floor. It's just on I the ground. I thought this would be... So it's not a crystal ball in this. It's a pendant. And I thought it was going to be important, and its importance is unclear. I'll be honest with you. The thing the pendant is doing in this episode, I don't know if they knew what they were. I don't know. I don't know. It's glowing. Uh, some random kids in the room during this practice steal the ball, which you would think would be a problem, but no one seems to care. They throw it away from Sam, and it lands in some ropes, and then Sam proceeds to die. Um attempting to retrieve it in a very dumb way <laughs> she um, gets her foot caught in one of those what do you call them like the olympic ring rings. Hoops. yeah grips uh which is like a, a more effort than you'd expect for True. them to give a child a uh, physical peril it is like a thing where you could actually hurt yourself if she didn't fall and land on a cushioned mat but you know let's see here bird girl cleared for takeoff someone says uh and then oh judith is like i thought she'd really do it and Anna goes what and Judith says, fly away! Yeah, we got it. That was, yeah, 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 yep, got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Sam at lunch jokes about strangling Judith. She does not, in fact, do it. That we get the scene where she um, just, like, drops food out of her mouth like a crazy person. <laughs> Good really on them gross. for doing that, too. Yeah, because yeah. like, it is. It's like, it is the, gross. Even the description in the book doesn't come up Do doesn't like get across how disgusting it is if a person did that uh and then someone says nice lip control yeah yeah what? yep okay. these kids someone needs to teach these kids how to do an insult yeah. okay sam bumps into somebody and drops silverware everywhere the entire cafeteria laughs this sh- scene should have been later in the episode anything to add at this point i don't i don't want to skip over the things you want to talk about bob uh, only thing I'll say is that immediately after uh, the whole auto, uh, the cafeteria laughs at her, it uh, crossfades to um, Bobby, the new uh, new addition um, in the show, um, who is the best character in this entire <laughs> thing. Bobby is a uh, small child who is, <laughs> who is riding a, a, a small little uh, tricycle uh, with um, some badass uh, headphones on. And they are just fucking cool. And he's a named character. They call uh, uh, <laughs> Sam calls. Thank him you for pointing this out Bobby. because I didn't even realize this until this moment that this is who Bobby was. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby feels like a Simpsons joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. like, like he feels like a, a very galaxy brain joke for Goosebumps. Like to have this character in the background of one scene, like <laughs> a named character, just I'm not the in the book. Oh, I'm, the bu- I'm the butcher. <laughs> um, uh, a uh, weird lady appears following some bird sounds. Sam bumps into her, making her drop her eggs. Her eggs. She has <laughs> eggs in her, her purse and feathers. Scatter. What? Uh, wh- what? <sighs> She's ah. a bird. She's a bird. Caca! Uh, yeah, so her purse is just full of eggs. Um, who knows it's- why? Um, and the pendant belongs to her. Mm-hmm. She lost sh- it. She says somehow that shiny object belongs in my nest. She does, and then she's like, "Isn't it funny how lost objects end up in the strangest places?" Uh, oh, uh, I didn't, I know that Mario, you feel the same way, <clears throat> but I'll just say it right now: Clarissa's actor 
fucking phenomenal. I love her. Yeah, she rules. She rules. She's yeah. so cool. She does this character so well. It, it's it, I, it's so good. <laughs> she is so yeah. good. Maybe you can help me with something else. Can you tell me how to get to Moss Avenue? Moss Avenue. Oh, that's way across town. Oh, how could that have happened? How could I be so far out of my way? That happens to me all the time. It's kind of you to say so, but I don't believe it. Oh, no, really. It's true. Would you mind taking me there? Gee, I have to get home. Please. I'd be so grateful. Making strong choices, looking good, being iconic, by far the best part of reading and watching. Uh, this actress is named Ellen Ray Hennessy. Uh, what else was she in? She's mostly a voice actress. She's in Over the Garden Wall. Oh. No, she's she not. Oh. Is, I thought you said that she was the... Maybe I've missed... Nope. That you you have conflated two events. Uh, Frasier's wife is in Over the Garden Wall. Alas. <laughs> and you said, wow, that's cool. And then several minutes later, we watched Goosebumps. Uh, 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 understandable she's in, mistake. She's in My Little Pony, Hotel Transylvania. Mm-hmm. Oh. The series. Uh, the series. Acorns Operation Crackdown with a period between each of the letters of acorns whatever that is she's dr sumac and arthur uh she's in cyber chase she's in mr meaty um she's in um spider riders fuck yeah um yeah she's like a professional voice actor for kids media so it it looks like yeah it looks like she's nearly any of this plays like a lot of minor characters she's babar's mom in babar um she's the mayor in the dumb bunnies uh she was on franklin she was on the never ending story show she's in the anime movie memories <gasps> really yeah Whoa. she plays the she plays the mom in the cannon fodder segment oh she's um, in x-men the oh. animated series from the 90s she she's plays carmella, carmella unaschione Ines- yeah i don't know who that is oh, um yeah. she's in um uh the Care Bears, the Garbage Pail Kids, Alf. She's in Alf. There you go. Um, Highlight so of the she's career. Just one of those generous ladies who's in a lot of kids' media. She's uh, cool. And, she does, uh, and she's great in this. <clears throat> she's also in Kageki Shoujo. So occasionally she shows up in anime. Yeah, the fact that she's in Memories is huge. Memories is amazing if you haven't seen it. The anime. Memories is great. Yeah. This is great. It's a great movie. Yeah, so it looks like she, she kind of gets around doing voice work. I can see that she's got a good. She has good voice acting. She's she's good delivery. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to real quick. Uh, we're going back to the the show, but there is a close up shot. Like if you if you were curious about what those white round objects that fell out of her purse were before, or you didn't see them, there is a close up of the medallion in the purse with eggs, surrounded by the eggs. Oh so, yeah, they show the eggs multiple times. Oh yeah. Why? <laughs> She's a bird. She's a bird, I guess. I she's mean, she's, she's a, Sam she's, from the future. <clears throat> I think she's a crow. Oh, cyclical, yeah. They they when when she's around, they play crow sounds. I, I uh, think she's meant to be a crow. I don't know why. She I don't, I don't why? know why, but I don't why. <laughs> I wish Clarissa I would explain this all. Yeah. Uh anyway, this lady is wonderful. Crowissa. She's still lost. She makes uh uh Sam take her to the place, which in this episode is the ruins of a cathedral. I don't know what, like... What the fuck? Like, the place they go is, like, has, like, Roman columns that are destroyed and, like, statues of angels. Yeah. Like, like... Yeah. Moss Avenue, yeah. Very strange. Um, Honestly, reminds me of the uh, TV show. Uh, I think it's actually the same location as the, uh, the, fir- uh, the first episode that we did. Um, uh... 
uh, the haunted house or what was it fucking called? Welcome to Dead House. Welcome to Dead House for the TV show version. I'm, I recognize a lot of this. I guess it could be the sort of the skyscape, yeah, or the, um, the building. Well, it's also snowing in this shot. Um, Is it? Yeah, there's a part where they're both talking and it's like uh, doing like shot reverse shot, and whenever it does reverse shot, oh um, yeah, you can see snow on the screen. Um, and they're both saying sorry. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sam says sorry a lot. Yeah, I think there was a real big. I think it was 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 it? Um, I think it was Judith who did a real big sorry like toward the end. But yeah, no, yeah, you can see their breath too. Yeah, yeah. Damn, they're freezing their butts off. Oh yeah, I bet. Um, wish granting occurs, and um, Clarissa gives Sam the pendant. I don't know why. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know why. It's unclear. Uh, the th- she wishes the same thing that she was the best player on the team. Um, we go cut to cut to basketball. Basketball. MP three is playing, uh, and everyone's bad. And the coach is contemplating ending her life. Um, <laughs> uh, she looks like so sick watching the game. <laughs> she is. Yeah, she, she is looks like she's gonna puke. Like, um, <laughs> um, everyone is bad. Clarissa appears and is like, "Oh, hooray!" And okay. The scene where Clarissa shows up to, like, congratulate Sam on being the best basketball player on the team, Clarissa's idea of how to clap is fascinating. Because instead of just clapping like a normal person, she puts her whole hands in Sam's face and is just like... (laughs) 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 Uh, If you've ever seen Smiling Friends, it's Jeremy, the demon, uh... Where it's like you're whenever Jeremy appears and it goes, <laughs> it's it's that it's it's, it's that, um, and um, yeah. So so Clarissa does the thing that you didn't think you'd like your wish, um, and uh, at this point Sam does not make a wish, and this is a good thing for the show because I think the next part like they're on the stairs, they're walking to class, Judith and Anna are being really bitchy, and Sam. Now I don't know why I don't know why she says this because it doesn't make any sense for the, for the events that are happening. But in a better scene, it would make perfect sense and be a great wish. Uh, she wishes that everyone would go away; that they would just buzz off. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to make the everyone disappears wish happen. Yes. However, yeah, it's a lot more interesting. It doesn't make sense in this moment. No, because there's only three people in the stairwell. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it would it would have been better if it was like I wish you guys would just buzz off and then it. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But but yeah, it, I, the thing that I like a lot is the instantaneous like aspect of it, where it was just she says it and immediately everybody turns into flies. Flies. Bzzz. Cause buzz, I thought maybe they were gonna do bees, but I guess yeah, flies are probably. It would be hilarious if it was bees. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Not the bees! Not the bees! They probably thought of making it bees, and and then they were like, no, 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 we we uh, we have a bunch of kid actors, we we can't do that. Yeah, true. And true. also, we it's like way cheaper to rustle up flies, I'm sure, than a bunch of bees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, would have been cool, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of digital flies going on here too. Uh, there's some practical uh, yes. stuff, but yeah, it's a lot of a, a <laughs> lot of digital flies. Uh. Oh my god, like like weird clumps of flies that are just matted and moved around. Ugh. Also, a lot of just rubber flies, just like sitting on the ground. Actually, some of these aren't even flies. It's just black dots. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, standard definition. You could get away with a lot back you then. You could. It's true. It's true. Um, so he runs home, and she and this is where you get our Bobby, 
where she passes the tricycle yep. <laughs> with the headphones on it, playing music, and then the fly on it, and she goes, Oh, Bobby! <laughs> so good. I'm Bobby. Oh, my God. And, and I want to point out that there were like a hundred flies that flew out of the school bus when she opened yes. it. Yep. Yeah. What the fuck? There weren't that many people on the bus, man. There are way more flies than there were people. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. That is crazy. There was, yeah, like, it was a bus full of uh, an entire football team. <laughs> um, like maybe three football teams that flies. Yeah. Um, yeah, packed in there like fucking sardines. Uh, she finds Clarissa at home uh, preparing to just kill her parents for some reason. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just gonna um, eat them. Uh, do 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 even like crows eat flies? Like what? I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, Sam insults the wishes and is like, they always go wrong. And in this in this version, Cl- Clarissa gets defensive about it. Yeah. And she's like, they do not always go wrong. <laughs> but what good is a wish if it always backfires? They don't always backfire. <laughs> I do like that she's made the de- like the decision, the choice to just be a dumb witch. She's like, I'm not, they're not bad. What's wrong with well, you? Well, in this one, she I does. I mean, everybody flies. That in rules. this one, she does grant the wish as requested. Like, the wish is bad in this case. Like, I can't say it's her fault in this case. Yeah, she's like, well, how the hell else was I supposed to interpret that? Yeah, like. I, I know why the, the crystal is there so that Clarissa doesn't have to be the present. She could hear the scene. Yeah, the, the, which, yeah, yeah. Which is like understandable but a mistake because i want clarissa to always be there it is understandable but it stretches credulity it, it feels that they were they wrote themselves into a corner and said how do we fix it they um, said oh this is kids media we can get away with it no one's gonna um, no one's gonna be on a podcast reviewing our work 20 years hence um so sam does her wish in which she makes judith think that she's the greatest person in the world uh and now everything is gay um <laughs> um Things proceed as expected. I mean, the same the same stuff happens. It's really weird, and Judith is like super clingy, and she goes to her house and wants to dress like her, and all this stuff. Except in this TV version, it feels it feels like someone watching it realized something about themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can imagine a person watching this episode of Goosebumps and thinking, "Huh." <laughs> I, it's so funny that you say that because I was thinking that, and I didn't write it down because i was like i'm not the person to talk but you're totally right <laughs> like, it, it feels this awakened somebody <laughs> unintentionally this feels very queer coded um <laughs> okay i i might cut this out but i w- i did have a joke about um judith having ex- uh, about judith exuding uh bottom energy <laughs> yeah i mean it's, you're not wrong yeah it, she shouts i wish that judas was on the bottom of the team <laughs> um, oh we have to talk about we have to talk about um this is i think i missed when this happened but anna the um actress who plays anna is very bad um uh. I think most of the kids are pretty bad. Uh, I was yes, actually going to say, yeah, okay, go ahead. I have not missed it yet. Um, or I did miss it. It was when, so um, before she wishes everyone would buzz off, Anna says, when are you going to quit the team? <laughs> it, 
it's like the most robotic delivery I've ever heard. When are you going to quit the team? And she did that like right after the entire team sucked shit. Yeah, yeah. Also, yes. Also, yes. Yeah, doesn't she have a bigger line later? Anna? Yeah. Uh, she does talk to Judith about like why she would want to dress up like uh, Sam. Oh, yeah. And she has a And what have you done with your hair? Hello. It doesn't matter what Bird wears. She's a walking catastrophe. And what have you done with your hair? Yes, yes, yes. Anna gives a performance. <laughs> let us let us say, child, child actors is all caveated with these are these are children, literal children. It's fine, but yes, <laughs> some are clearly better than others. Yes. Yeah, and the problem is much more likely with the direction of the children because they're children. Oh, oh I'm yeah. sure no one knew how to tell her to read that line. Like no one was like. Or or even cared. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a real, like, don't care. Just shoot yeah. the next scene. We're, we're through producing it. this guy. Fuck it. So the the key, a critical element here in this episode is that the ending is 100% different. And way more terrifying. Yes. Well, Visually. <clears throat> yes. Like, I, both are dark endings. It's a happy end as well. Both are darker endings than most Goosebumps books we've read thus far, actually. Like... In the book, the ending is dark because Sam is literally turned into a bird and her bully wins and she's like a bird now, just forever. Implying that something maybe will go wrong later on down the line, but whatever. So um, in the show, Judith wishes to be like the center of attention and that everyone stop and like praise her. And Judith and, and Clarissa interprets that as turning her into a statue. So in this one, Sam gets exactly what she wants. But Judith makes a wish; it goes wrong, and her life is over. Like I felt like they they could have done a better job with setting that up. But that's how the book should have gone with her realizing that the wishes are all bad and using that to torture her her enemy. Like, yeah, I kind of do feel that way. It feels like that should be the way the book ends. But it doesn't like the the episode doesn't really set that up like she figured it out or whatever. She just sort of on the spur of the moment decides to do it and doesn't appear to realize what she's asking for, which in fairness is how she makes all of her wishes. That's true. The reason why I said what I did is because the statue of Judith is I don't even know how to ex- explain it. it it's like someone threw, like, took a picture of Judith, threw it into Photoshop, mm-hmm. and, like, put an emboss and granite, like, effect on her. But they didn't realize that, like, eyes are different on sculptures. Yeah. And it results in the creepiest fucking screenshot I've seen from a goosebump. <clears throat> I'm definitely posting this. It's fucking creepy and weird. It is, it's weird. It, it's very weird. It's so weird. And a crow lands on her head. Yeah, yeah. And it Y'all. doesn't shit. It doesn't shit on her head. That's a. Oh, it was right there, guys. Ding, guys. Ding. Can't believe this. Birds exist to shit on statues. <coughs> I was fully waiting for the for the crow to shit. I was like, it's <laughs> it lingers long enough that I was waiting for this to happen. Like it is so so weird. Anyways. All right, and uh, that's it for this episode. I want to thank everybody for being here, but before we go, I think we got some patented reviews uh, to, to go through. Uh, Brandon, did you want to do your patented review first? Uh, sure. So uh, my patented review system is, what's this book like as a kid? What's this book like as an adult? I need a pithier name for that. <laughs> but from the perspective of a kid, 
I would think that this would be very frustrating. Uh, even a kid knows what they want, knows what they would wish for, and watching this this person ask wish for wishes in the worst possible way, exhibiting no sense of pattern recognition, uh, and also trying to murder her classmates, and also being subject constantly to embarrassment, falling on her face a lot, and uh, engaging in very boring activities for the majority of the book, which is wasting my child time, which is worth a lot more than my adult time because I've got less of it. Mm. Uh, I think, honestly, this is a one out of five for a kid. And strangely, for the first time of any of these reviews I've done, I feel like it's exactly the same for an adult. It's boring, it's embarrassing, it's a little cringy, and it's frustrating how stupid everybody is. Uh, I don't want to be super, super negative, Uh but I think this book isn't very good. No, uh, from the kids' or adults' perspective, running the risk of uh, uh, R.L. Stein calling me cringe. Uh, yeah, no, book bad. <laughs> Actually, while we were talking, I was like, "Where would I rate this? Like, what? Wh- how would I put the?" And I was like, "Is this as bad as Monster Blood, or is it?" I like, don't think it is. I th- I think it's a little worse. I, I think it's, uh, but I don't <laughs> think that it goes to the level of the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Okay, okay, okay. I agree with you there. So I, I've got it at 3.5 right now. Maybe I'll put it at 4. I don't know. I'll, I'll see how I feel. But uh, that's kind of my review. It's it's an interesting, like, chapter. And then everything else is just... I think the, I think the greatest problem with this book is it's not even it's, like, bad. It is bad. But it's also just like boring. Yeah, like, it's I think it's a boring Goosebumps book. It's not even like interestingly bad. Right. It gets hung up in the mechanical like sort of aspects of being a child at certain points, and it's just like, yeah, okay, I get it. You're you're talking about like basketball practice and stuff. Is there any way that we can make this like interesting instead of just having the bullying thing that's in there constantly? It's like, oh yeah. shit, she's being bullied again. The worst thing that media can do is be boring even yeah, being right. excitingly bad is better than yeah. that i yeah. think like, that's the truth and this book is at least 50 percent boring by weight which yep. is wild when the premise is child gets wishes Wish granted powers. by a witch yeah. it's like yeah. such yeah, a like, failure that's why i was like brandon you when you when you were talking about like uh she should have gotten the wishes like way sooner oh that would have that would have fixed so many fucking problems that should have been fucking chapter two of this book like, right yeah, it, Mario, I think that's something that you talked about like a while ago. Like, I think it was something that we were talking about with Monster Blood. It was just like, why don't these books just start off with the premise <laughs> that the cover implies yeah. and get right into the shit? Uh, w- like, yeah, I mean, it's like, let's get invisible has me turn invisible like two chapters in. So like, yeah. thank you. Thank you. And like, that's why that's it's one of the best. Yeah. Like, um, let us do get invisible. like stay out of the basement doesn't waste your time right um, and i feel like uh, i feel like let's get invisible uh, like uh, i feel like uh be careful what you wish your wish for could take lessons from let's, let's get, invisible. get invisible oh yeah for sure yeah. just like uh, having the kids sort of figure out what the fuck is going on uh when the when the wishes go through like even playing with like you know what wish exactly went through because there was the 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 um the one where it's like I wish my brother was like really small and then she got fucking confused that 
he was a dog but it's like uh, maybe you accidentally make a wish and then uh, make a couple wishes throughout the day and it's like figuring out whatever I, i'm i'm done plussing up this shit <laughs> i mean truthfully it would be a better book if all the wishes were not focused about judith like yeah it would be better if she wished for, like tr- honestly it would be a more interesting book if she got these wishes and made several like wishes self made selfishly motivated fine but like wishes actual wishes and exciting things happened and then they went wrong you know what i mean like yeah i refuse to believe that the only thing that sam is thinking about in her is judith yeah exactly like her entire like school life her entire life as a kid it revolves around being bullied by Judith. and mm. Well, that's the thing is that Sam is like a really shallow character and that she exists to be bad at things mm. like and has no other interests or personality. <laughs> so like, like, you know, it, it's like a better book would tell us things about Sam that she likes and then she'd wish to have those things, mm. you know, or yeah. do those yeah. things or be that thing. And then they mm. would go wrong and she would realize like, you know, that th- the wish system is imperfect or whatever. But mm. like, or they could just be wilder wishes. Like her brother actually could have shrunk down to a foot tall. Like yeah. that would be a problem that you'd like, like, you know, like, yeah. And also like lock off the three wishes. Don't just yeah. have Clarissa come back and come back and, and fix be like, it every time. Oh yeah. I'm going to fix this. It's like, no, you fix it with another wish. And then the whole idea of it is that be careful what you wish for, because things can build in, on uh, some, uh, some wishes build on others. Mistakes yeah. keep, like, <clears throat> you know, compounding. compounding mistakes. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's oh it's just not a very interesting or good book. And, and so really in that regard, isn't. in that regard is worse than monster blood. And it is worse even than, mummy's tomb because of the fact that those books were like bad in ways that were interesting right like that that there are bad ways that are funny right like like i'm gonna laugh my ass off at the giant dog in monster blood like what are you fucking kidding me right this is bad in ways that are boring it's a boring book right um that has nothing to do with my review system but it's true before before you engage in your patented review system would you say that any of these characters were fucking freaks. <laughs> no. Clarissa, the maybe. Clar- um, TV well, show uh, Clarissa is a fucking freak. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if you can like. I don't know. I, I I get what you're saying. She is certainly weird. I get that, and she's like she's has like a e- crow. She, she has, has eggs, eggs in, her, in purse. her purse. That's weird. But like, she's a fairly adjusted, normal person. Otherwise, like <laughs> Sam's kind of a freak. She like wants to do murder violence on her childhood uh, enemies. Sam is not a human. Like, yeah. Sam does not have enough personality to be a freak. That's the problem. Yeah, like, she can't wish for something she actually wants because like she doesn't have enough character to want. Exactly. Anything. Exactly. Um. Now let's now. Okay. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to a, a numerical system of judgment. Let's do it. Um. All right. As you may remember, recall my patent review system has three sy- sections. One, scariness. Uh, this book is not scary. <clears throat> this book. <laughs> I is... think I forgot at a point. Like, was I supposed to be scary? Like, what? This book is simply put, it is not scary at all. I mean, the part where everyone disappears is slightly scary, but the fact of the matter is that it was scarier when like our main character found out that her entire family was dead. Yeah. In the ghost next door. Like, and like, she was like practically trying to figure out like, <clears throat> how am I supposed to 
live. <laughs> like, right. That's... Like this, the same thing happened in ghost next door, kind of. And that was way scarier mm. um, because it had like emotional impact and stakes and also couldn't be undone in five pages. Um, so I'm going to say this is a one on scariness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, R.L. Steininess. Um, this is a pretty steiny book. There's a <laughs> lot of bad cliffhangers. There is bad kid writing. Uh, I mean, it's probably like an eight, eight out of ten on that. Like, yeah, I'm with you. It's pretty rough. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, and, and there's fat shaming. That's an automatic point. Yeah, that's oh. there's fat shaming. There's two instances of it. So like, bump it up there. Exactly. I think it's an eight or a nine on that on that metric. And then, uh, relatability, aka the kids zone. Um. On the one hand, the bullying is relatable, but on the other hand, Sam is, like, not at all relatable. You know, like, she's so bad at everything, and, like, so obsessed with Judith, and, like, getting back at Judith, and also her wishes are so boring. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I I know children would make more interesting wishes. Are you kidding? Like, they would immediately wish for, like, money or, like, some way. Or superpowers. Pokemon or, would be yeah. real. Po- Pokemon would be real. Pokemon would are be you, real. Pokemon would be immediately real. Exactly. That would be the first yes. wish for 80% of children in 1990. Eight, like, like, you know, I like, literally, I literally have vivid memories of being uh, playing uh, Pokemon with with my brother in my backyard, and we both turning to each other and saying, "Man, I wish Pokemon were real." Bob, I'm gonna do you one better and reveal a very embarrassing thing about me. <laughs> uh, in, do you LARP Pokemon? <laughs> no. In grade school, we had a time capsule, right? And you had to put in like letters from yourself right or things uh-huh. they, like it's like a form because they didn't want kids to write shit mm. they just gave you like questions right and one of the questions was like what do you hope to accomplish right and my answer was make pokemon real <laughs> uh, I, I wish for <laughs> Through it science or magic <laughs> on, on on birthday cakes i wished for it for Hell a couple like, of years <laughs> Like, yeah. So I can tell you right now what kids wish for. I remember it. This is none of this. <laughs> you have tapped into something primal and like ubiquitous. <laughs> Every kid would have been like, I wish I had a fucking Pikachu right now. Like, or a Oh, Vulcan you wish you had me. a fucking Pikachu right now. No, I, I, no. <laughs> Dark <laughs> history. <laughs> I've turned your genitals into Pokemon. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I would call this actually maybe maximum like a two on relatability. Oh man, maximum. A, uh, not not to well to completely interrupt you. I had an extremely strong image of uh, a Pikachu the, with a giant cock. Wait, no, no, no. Uh, no. Nope. The, the, the video from Baldur's Gate where the guy is asking what the, what what genitals he chose. Oh yeah, <laughs> or yeah, what yeah. Dick he chose, and everybody's like, "Oh me, um, Doug Trio." <laughs> she, she gave me Doug Trio. Uh, Doug Trio. I got Matchamp. Uh, <laughs> really? I got yep. Matchamp, Nick. Yeah. It's, life is hard. Yeah, so I think it's like a two on relatability. I think this is this is a bad book, folks. All around this one. I think, I think the key for relatability is also a sense of like sort of an understanding of, of realism uh, in your depiction of what you want people to like sort of uh, empathize with or under, or like uh, relate to. And I think that the bullying in this book is just so out of whack with the <sighs> actions of Sam. And Sam is too bad at right. things. Like yeah. she is a, a total mess. It is. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I think like Corey reads. Hot mess express. Corey reads like a person. Judith, not so much. Sam, no. even less. Clarissa yeah. is yeah. not human. So, uh, yeah, relatability low. <laughs> low, <laughs> low <laughs> relatability. <laughs> yeah. Well, bad book, everybody. It was a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> fun time with a bad book. Hey. And uh, if you want us to, if you want to help us uh, fund our excursions into what I am going to assume are comparably bad uh, future Goosebumps books, uh, please uh, check out our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash you can't scare me. We are also YCSM pod on Twitter and on Blue Sky now. So go ahead and follow those channels if you want to see some of the visual aids that we have been talking about. Um, uh, I'm definitely going to post a bunch of the covers and I think I need to do that for like moving forward just so that everybody can like if they can have a one stop shop for looking up the covers, mm. especially since we're doing it now in order. So I think that people, it would be good for people to like if they wanted to follow along. But also, um, I am absolutely going to post um, the pictures that Mario uh, mentioned earlier because I've been staring at them this entire time as just uh, what Jimmy's gourmet ass meets do this be pickup or delivery. Um and also, I'm going to post a picture, a screenshot of that fucking hilarious statue at the end of the episode. Yes, well, you should. But yes, I, I, I've noticed that there are a lot more um, uh, Patreon subscribers. So hi, everybody. Thank you very much for subscribing. It's very nice of you. And you don't have to if you don't want to. It's a pay-what-you-want subscription. Um, it's very nice if you can, but not necessary. So with that said... Um, we got another book to do next time. I'd like to know something exciting. Yeah, like, but you, you you go on, but I'll add my exciting thing when you when you finish this. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we got another book uh, to do next time. It is piano lessons can be murder. The episode of which contains a guest appearance from a recurrent. Are you afraid of the dark? <gasps> I need to watch. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Like all of it in one go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only really remember the one. Anyway. Uh, how the fuck do we want to end this? <laughs> I know. Okay, you, let's, let's all make a wish. Okay. Okay. Do I have to okay. blow I'll out start. some candle or something? You, okay, start. I wish for a lifetime supply of goat cheese. <gasps> but of course, my life will be only for the next three seconds. Oh. Uh, I wish Pokemon were real, but it would be um Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> 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 You'd be really tall. <laughs> I would be, I would immediately glitch the earth and fall to my death. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish everybody had a great rest of your day. And then I get struck by lightning. And then you get struck by lightning, yeah. <laughs> and then you get struck by lightning. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone's moles. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I can think how to do it. I like that's that's the I'm only sure. way that I know for people to have a good time. A great day. I don't moles. know. That's all I got. <laughs> Notice I said day and not night. So now. There is no nighttime. It's all day because the sun oh, exploded. it's all day. We're all gonna, and we're only yeah. going to have the one good day. And then after that, we're all done. You said a great day. And that was the key. They they interpreted that very literally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. People who grant wishes are fucks. They are. They Damn are. It's dumb true. witch. They'd have to be pretty much crazy. <laughs> they'd, they'd be basically guaranteed to be crazy. Can someone please Photoshop the... Uh, the cover for be careful what you wish for and just put dumb witch at the bottom of it. <laughs> dumb, dumb witch. <laughs> dumb witch. <laughs> <laughs>